0: Yes, this could be a very dangerous morning uh, because it's Valentine's Day and I don't really go in for Valentine's Day and I wonder how many of you do. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday, February 14. Great to have your company. Um, Boy, have we got some callers in the hat for caller of the week already, but it could be you. It could be your contribution to the night shift this morning that wins you a whole bag of prizes including an Aussie hose from Aussie Hoses, a litre of Swift Grow, um, a Pestrol Mozzie and Fly repellent gadget, and uh, a Triple M t-shirt and anything else we can find. So jump on board, have your say, and contribute. And uh, if you've found it hard to get through over the last couple of days, and I don't blame you because it has been very busy, try right now. If you've had something loaded in your gun and you've been trying to let it off, and uh, you haven't been able to get through, do it now. One triple three five three. Thomas is there, ready to talk to you, and I'm happy to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, Thomas, Valentine's Day. I've never been a, a big Valentine's Day person, and the Minister for War and Finance um, doesn't go for it much either. She thinks it's a commercial wank. But you're damned if you don't, and really damned if you don't. Because even though we both agree we don't do anything for Valentine's Day, if I don't turn up with at least servo flowers or a little heart-shaped chalky, am I going to get into trouble?
1: I think you'll get the silent treatment.
0: I don't know. Is the Minister for War and Finance
1: a person, if she's cross with you, does she not talk to you?
0: Oh, yeah, but that's a blessing as well. Okay. But, um, no, I don't know if I'll get into a great deal of trouble if I don't turn up with something this morning for Valentine's Day. I want to, I want to ask our listeners, is it a day where you do get into trouble if you don't do anything? Are you expected to do something? Will servo flowers and some chockies from the servo on the way home, will they do? Is, is it the thought that counts? One triple three five three is the telephone number. Yes, we all know that Valentine's Day is really a way of selling flowers and chocolates and Hallmark cards. I think it was Hallmark that invented Valentine's Day. Well, that's the rumor, anyway. Um, I was reading a very funny story online, Thomas. I think you read it uh, a couple of years ago. A couple went out on their first date on Valentine's Day. This is the story about the woman that had forty-eight oysters. And, eh.
1: It's a lot of oysters. At
0: four, she had forty-eight oysters at this restaurant, and she also had uh, prawns, and she had a main meal, and she had dessert. She had some um, cocktails, and the bloke she was with said, "Can you just excuse me? I have to go to the toilet," and he disappeared. He just disappeared. He wasn't. Aww. He wasn't impressed. I mean.
1: If, if that's how you enjoy the, the qualities of life, surely you should be allowed to do such.
0: There must be more to it than that. But anyway, I remember she wrote online that she, um, she met a, a, an absolute dropkick who walked out on her, said he had to go to the toilet, never turned up again. And she said, all I did was I had 48 oysters, some prawns, and um, a, cock- a couple of cocktails and something else I forget. She said he walked out on me. Have you ever left a date On the very first date, have you ever had to excuse yourself and you've run out the back door? Oh, yeah. Really?
1: Absolutely. You you
0: say that like it happens all the time.
1: Oh, at least twice that I can think of. I had one date last year, in fact, where we went out for dinner at at a kind of, not a fancy restaurant, but somewhere nice-ish. And when I tried to fish for answers and for questions and to generate conversation, I just got one word responses. There was zero chemistry. And it was like,
0: why did you go on the date?
1: Because we were texting all right. That that was fine. But it was so different. It was like chalk and cheese between the person she was online on Tinder and the person she was.
0: Well, why, why didn't you just like, say, what was her first name?
1: I can't remember. I've, okay. Don't why why did
0: not you just say, Hey, listen, this is not working. Um, and I've got things to do. Shall we call it a night? Why couldn't you just do that?
1: That's, I have fear of confrontation, Luke.
0: So, you, you, so what happened? So
1: I went to the bathroom. I texted my housemate and said, hey, I really need to get out of this. Can you call up and act like there's an emergency at home? Within five minutes, the phone
0: rang and I was like, ah, the safety phone call. A lot of people have that set up. They say, ring me anyway at this time. And if everything's going well, it'll uh, I'll let you know. But I need a safety back out phone call. A lot of people do that.
1: It's a clever tactic.
0: Anyway, have you ever been on a date, folks, and you've done the bolt on that first date? You've ducked out. You t- you, I cannot go through with this anymore. One triple three five three. Maybe you met the love of your life on Valentine's Day. Is there too much pressure on the fourteenth of February? Do is is it just a money spinning wank, or is it? Is it something special? I I I don't go for it. I really don't go for it. But you tell me. So uh, Valentine's Day today, Wednesday, February fourteen. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Now, are you a Pearl Jam fan? I'm not allowed to say anything until three o'clock Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time. But at three o'clock this morning Sydney time, we have massive Pearl Jam news, and that's all I'm allowed to say. So you have to wait. You have to wait for a little bit later on. Three o'clock, that's usually when we reveal the quickie. And we will do that because we have a brand new quickie to share with you today, listeners. I think Thomas, after a string of very, very tough quickies, I think he's let his guard down today. And I've listened to it, and I think it's an absolute gimme. It won't need a clue. I guarantee, I absolutely guarantee that the quickie will go off Second or third caller today. I reckon it's that easy. But you'll have to – you've let you've let yourself down today. Well, you've, I was going
1: a bit hard for a couple of weeks. I was making a really tough enough for today.
0: You know what? Yeah, it's Valentine's it's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, it's not really a love song, though.
1: Yeah, I go a bit of left field.
0: It's not you know. really a love song. I thought you might have gone a love song today, but I guarantee – I absolutely guarantee it will go off in the first hour. It will not go to day two with a clue. Should we bet on it? What do you want to bet? 20 cents. You know how Tierney, who runs this place, she's the human dynamo that runs the Southern Cross Austereo building here at uh, Triple M Central. Yeah, she's fantastic. She puts, she's going to put little chocolate hearts and a card on everyone's desk.
1: It makes you come into work and you go,
0: oh. Uh, I will give you mine. Oh, to give to someone.
1: I'm watching my waistline.
0: I tell you what, I will give you my little heart, my little. What brand is it? I don't know. Then you look, you've got one on your desk. Yeah. Anyway, I'll give you my chocolate heart um, if it doesn't go off today. It will go off today, but uh, you have been harsh recently, so maybe it's time to soften up. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Uh, David Littleproud, the leader of the Nationals, will join me later this morning with the truth behind Barnaby Joyce. What really happened in Canberra last Wednesday? Will Barnaby Joyce remain in the shadow ministry? Um, is he seeking help? Does he need help? Does he have a drinking problem? We'll talk about that. Uh, and you know what? Way, way more importantly, uh, myself and David Pratt are going to talk about a scourge that's hit Australia. We talk about rabbits and cane toads and foxes and everything else, well, we have these fire ants that have come from South America, and they have absolutely gone through Queensland. They uh, have now been found in New South Wales. Anywhere that they uh, infest, you can't graze livestock because they they bite the livestock. They have been known to cause death. They are a serious, serious threat to our ecosystem. These horrid, horrid fire ants. We'll talk about what's happening with them. I I think about half a billion dollars has been spent so far in trying to eradicate these things, and uh, they're still with us. You know, it's amazing. I remember having a phone call, receiving a phone call from a fellow that worked on the docks in Melbourne. This might have been last year. And he said, it's absolutely shocking when you watch the shipping containers coming off the ships and put onto the docks and then put straight onto the back of trucks and off they go into the ether. He said, it's amazing how many shipping containers have dirt and weeds and grass hanging off the side of them. How can that be? We try and look after Australia's biodiversity. I mean, even when you come back from Bali, you're going to walk across a disinfectant mat because we're we're concerned about foot and mouth disease. And yet shipping containers can come to Australia, land on our docks, be put on the back of trucks with weeds hanging off them and soil. How can that be? If you work on the docks and you've seen this, give me a call. But you know what I'm talking about. It's a real worry. 13353 is the telephone number. Um, Dr Michael Carr-Greg joins me later this morning. I love talking to the dock. He is Australia's most renowned child psychologist. We're going to talk about what goes on inside the brain of a a child. And we've heard anywhere from eight to three to 16, 17, a child that commits serious crime. And how do you stop that child from continuing to break the law? You know, they talk about ankle bracelets, tracking devices, Uh, They talk about the banning of uh, the the sale of knives to children. You know, they tried to do that with aerosol cans and you still see graffiti. Look, I'm an old-fashioned parent and folks, you might tell me that I've got it all wrong and please ring me if I have got it wrong. But I just know that when my kids were growing up, if they broke the rules, there were consequences. So if you know you're breaking the law and don't tell me Do not tell me that children the age of 16, 15, 14 don't know that breaking into somebody's home and stealing their car or robbing someone in broad daylight, don't tell me that they don't know they're breaking the law. They will continue to do it for all sorts of reasons, but I think the main reason is there's no consequences. The other thing I'll talk to Dr. Michael Carr-Greg about is the ongoing debate about the pros and cons of co-education. Last week, we talked about two of Australia's oldest schools, established single-sex schools now going co-ed, and parents of those schools, St Mary's and Newington, up in arms. They don't want the change. I can see why more and more single-sex schools are going co-ed, and I reckon it's financial. Why would you keep two schools going when you can keep a school going for the price of one? But the problem also is that parents who choose to send their children to a single-sex school are running out of options in their drawing area where they live. They're going to have to send their child outside of their drawing area and possibly be knocked back or choose to go private and pay fees. Are you, are your children better off academically if they go to a single-sex school? Are they better adjusted if they go to a co-ed school? Dr. Michael Cargregg was with his thoughts on co-education uh, a little bit later on. 13353 is the telephone number. Look, what I do want to do is I, I want to talk to anyone who's in the ADF or anyone who's recently left, and there's a lot of you who have recently left, like the Queensland Police Force. People are leaving in droves. Well, the latest report out of Canberra is that the ADF, the Australian Defence Force, has got a problem. And they're looking at ways to try and encourage more people to join the armed forces. And one of them is to lower fitness tests. You see, the Australian Defence Force is desperately trying to boost recruitment. And they are also trying to target school leavers. And they've come up with this idea, it's a try-before-you-buy reserves program. This was a scheme that trialled 30 years ago, and it didn't work. The ADF is reviewing various barriers to service, including tough fitness tests with recognition modern warfare, now likely to involve people in hoodies in basements more than people that fit frontline fighters. Currently, men and women joining the army have to be able to do 45 sit-ups, 15 push-ups and shuttle runs in an allotted time. The Defence Personnel Minister, Matt Keogh, confirmed the ADF was now dropping the one-size-fits-all fitness tests with benchmarks to be set based on the role likely to be taken. For example... If you're going to be in combat, you're going to have to prove that you are fit. But if you're going to play in the Army Reserve marching band, you don't. Or if you're going to join the Army to drive a tank or a vehicle or to be a plumber, you won't have to go through the fitness test. I at once thought that everybody in the Army had to be prepared to pick up a weapon and fight if the need be. But people are leaving the army. In, they're leaving in droves. And the government's got a problem. They need to know how to attract school leavers into the army. And this is why I desperately would love to talk to anyone either currently serving or who has served in the army. Are we softening up our defence forces to get the numbers And is our Army, Navy, Air Force, is the ADF going to be effective if called upon? The move comes amid revelations that more men and women are quitting the Australian Defence Force than were being recruited. There is a massive problem. And maybe you can tell me why. The target is 80,000. And the ADF currently has only about 57,000. With current recruiting running at 60% below target, this is a crisis that the Defence Department has described as severe. What's happened to our ADF? And is dropping the fitness standard the way to do it? They, They actually call it a barrier of service. And that is a fitness problem. The tough fitness tests are going to be dropped or at least compromised. Do they have a point? I mean, if you're going to join the army and you're not going to pick up a weapon and, and, and point it at the enemy, and look, yeah, most of the time, our army helps sandbag flood-affected areas and helps in bushfires and natural, natural disasters. And the government doesn't want that. The government doesn't want our army to be doing that sort of thing. Well, what else are they going to do? Give me a call and you tell me. Life in the army. Do you need to be fit? How else do you get the recruitment numbers up? one is the telephone number. What else is happening? What else is happening? Are you in Victoria? Have you suffered a significant power outage over the last 24 hours? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Victoria's largest coal-fired power generator, it suffered a major outage. Uh, all four units at the Loy Yang A power station in southeastern Victoria went on, offline yesterday, according to the AEMO, that's the Australian Energy Market Operator. Uh, more than 500,000 homes lost their power, according to Wholesalers United. Um, look, We're going to see this happen a lot, folks. Get used to it. Because as governments believe that coal-fired power is dirty, it's filthy, our emission targets won't work, and they neglect and continue to shut down coal-fired power stations with the hope that renewables will be the great hope, we're going to have more of this. We are going to have more and more of this. So, you know, you get what you vote for, folks. I'm all for renewables. I've said it a hundred times, but when they're ready. But at the moment, they're not. They're not efficient. You can't rely on them. and They're not cheap. It's got to be all all three or nothing. So while we continue to demonise coal and to neglect power stations and to continue shutting them down, the blackout that parts of Victoria suffered yesterday is going to be the norm. And we're in the middle of a very hot February. Our listeners in Western Australia know this. And, you know, when everybody puts their air conditioners on, it puts an enormous strain on the grid. And unless we continue to service coal-fired power stations and stop shutting them down until renewables are ready, we're going to have more and more of this. Trust me, trust me, and you know I'm right. One triple three, five three is the telephone number. You know why the hell aren't we looking at nuclear? Uh, we've we've said it over and over and over again. Uh, we um, have the second largest deposits of uranium in the world. We send it overseas. We sell it to countries who are using it to create power, but we don't do it here. Do so we look at hydrogen? I mean, solar power, fine. But it doesn't work if there's clouds about. Wind farms, fantastic, but the wind when the wind doesn't blow, they don't work. We need a more reliable power system, folks. If you've got some ideas, please feel free to share them. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, going to have an interesting chat later this morning about a bloke called Danny Grant. Now, this bloke's a very interesting fella. He's a former nightclub owner. And he's gone online and revealed some of the most disgusting things that patrons do in pubs and nightclubs in Australia. Danny Grant, who was a promoter and a self-titled booze mogul, has recently revealed the revolting behaviours he has confronted when he owned a club in Melbourne. He said at the top of the list of objectionable behaviour, it's people throwing glasses and bottles at unsuspecting crowds. Now, I haven't been to a nightclub in a gazillion years, and I used to hate them even back in the day because I couldn't hear anyone talk. I didn't mind going to pubs that had bands, but it had to be a band I liked, it had to be music I liked, and often I'd go out into the beer garden for a schooner and a cigarette and um, and try and talk to people. I, 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 Nightclubs have never been my go. So I'm not an expert, but Thomas, you, you've been to plenty, this is a guy that's owned nightclubs in Melbourne. And he talks about objectionable behaviour. And he says, on the top of the list, patrons throwing glasses and bottles at each other. Is that Does that happen? Does it?
1: I I'd be, I'd believe it, for sure. Oh, you I, haven't seen it. I, I hate clubs with a passion. They're, the floors are sticky. Uh, everyone's drunk and everyone's trying to swoon each other. I much prefer a good pub with a good couple of beers on tap and somewhere where you can have a people. Yeah. Have a conversation. Absolutely.
0: Well, anyway, anyone out there in Triple M land that goes to pubs, but nightclubs in particular, give me a call. Apparently, this bloke, Danny Grant, says people throw glasses and bottles at each other. He says it's revolting. He said it happens in concerts and it happens in clubs. 99% of the time, it's male. They'll skull a stubby and throw it backwards into the crowd. And they think it's funny. He says it's stuffed up. It's a rat act. And it's cowardly. Then there's the creepy behaviour. And he says he's seen it, and it happens in every nightclub. You've got people, men, who get onto the dance floor and start dancing, but they gyrate and rub themselves up against women. And they look at them, and they smile, and they pretend they're dancing. But they're gyrating. They're rubbing their crutch up against the women on the dance floor. And the women go up to the bouncers and they point them out and they're thrown out. But it happens all the time. Happens all the time. He said, and then, and then, what goes on in the toilets? The snorting of cocaine is rife. But people defecate deliberately on the floor and not in the toilet. They'll write in there using feces on the wall, they'll deliberately break the toilet seats and they often, he says it happens more often than you'll ever believe, couples go into toilet cubicles to have sex. Casual hookup sex. They meet somebody at the nightclub and that's where they go to have sex. And it's, you hear about it all the time with celebrities, don't you?
2: Who has sex in the toilet, Really? Someone with low
1: standards, in my opinion. Well, I mean. Or if you're desperate.
0: Well, you know, you've got the Curtly Beal thing that we've just recently heard about, and he got off. But, I mean, you hear about celebrities having sex in toilets. Really? I mean, there's an old saying, get a room.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: But anyway, one triple three five three. if you go to nightclubs regularly... It doesn't matter, even if you've just recently been to a night. What have you seen? What is the behaviour that would make you never want to go back? This bloke, I'll talk more about it in more detail later this morning, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. This bloke, Danny Grant, has, he's a promoter and he's run nightclubs and he says that the things that patrons do in nightclubs in Australia is seriously Disgusting. And uh, we'll have more on that later this morning. But I'd love to share your thoughts. One triple three five three is the telephone number. So, look, there's plenty on this morning. I'd love to talk to you. I really want to hear from anyone who's been in the ADF. Is lowering the fitness standard to try and get more recruits the answer? I remember, I mean, they did that in New South Wales when they had a shortage of teachers and they lowered the HSC marks. And what happened was they got dumbass teachers who couldn't understand the curriculum. Do you remember that it was three years ago? Absolutely. Do you remember that? It's it, biggest belief. <laughs> so anyway, what are you going to do? And, and do, do they have the same problem in the police force? In Queensland, police officers, and I know we have a lot of police officers that listen to me overnight. You can be completely anonymous. Give me a call. Why are so many people leaving the police force? One triple three five three 53 is the telephone number. I mentioned Pearl Jam, didn't I? I can't say any more but there's something big happening at 3 o'clock our time. It's huge. Is it? I'd say it's big. Well, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, it is. Yeah. Do you like Pearl Jam? I don't mind the jam. Yeah, they're good. I think they're okay. So anyway, we've got that. We've got the quickie. We've got your calls. We've got Call of the Week to think about. We have finance with Shane. Oh, Shane Oliver. I'll I'll tell you what I want to talk to him about today. I am a big fan of JB Hi-Fi. How good is it? I love JB Hi-Fi. Are you with me, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always loved them. And I reckon they have great deals. I get get lost looking at the big screen TVs. I honestly do. I get lost. And their prices are really good. But the thing I love about JB Hi-Fi is they still have DVDs, videos for sale. They have CDs for sale. Yes. They have every gadget from a laptop to headphones to All those electronic gadgets that you like that I don't understand.
1: All those gizmos.
0: But the thing I like most are the staff. They know what they're doing. How good are the JB Hi-Fi staff? Yes, they may have Doc Martens with platform heels this big. They have piercings. They wear chains. They're heavily tattooed. They all look anemic. They're very, very white with funny-looking hairdos. I don't care. They're good at their jobs.
1: My best friend works at JB Hi-Fi and has done for three years, and he loves it. He says the crowd are great. Everyone he works with are fantastic, and the managers are great too. And they come
0: up to you and say, listen, you're looking a bit lost. Can I help you? Yeah. The staff are sensational. I hope they get a cut. Anyway, JB Hi-Fi, this is really, really weird. Um, Their share price has gone down, and yet they're trading really well. And we're going to talk about the JB Hi-Fi phenomenon with uh, uh, Shane Oliver a a little bit later on this morning. But have you ever been to the International Airline Terminal at Sydney? Not yet. Okay. Anyone listening to me that has, when you go in there, especially if it's early in the morning for your early flight, the frustrating thing about the place is that there's hardly anywhere open to get breakfast. I don't know. They they don't open until 9 o'clock. So there's this one cafe, Thomas. As you go through to the the departure lounges, and there's a coffee place that sells microwaved croissants and shit. There's no fresh food. And directly opposite, between that coffee lounge, the the terminals, and the duty free, is a JB Hi-Fi. And there's a bloke that works there. He's there every time I've been there. He would be about six foot four. He's got the Doc Martens boots. He's got the the JB Hi-Fi staff uniform, black the aesthetic, yeah. He's got this bright yellow Mohawk. He looks like a sulphur crested cockatoo that's that's very, very (laughs) excited. He looks he looks like a very, very excited sulfur crested cockatoo. He is he is sensational.
1: He's excited because he's gonna make a sale.
0: He is make a sale. He is absolutely brilliant. You want to buy something quickly before you go overseas. This guy is so good at his job, but everyone who's left Sydney Airport early in the morning from the international uh, departure knows exactly who I'm talking I'd love to know his name. I should get him on the radio. He's really, really good at his job, but you can't miss him. You absolutely can't miss him. He is the ultimate JB Hi-Fi worker. He looks exactly right. Straight out of central casting, but he's very, very, very good at his job. All right. All that and a whole lot more coming up between now and midnight. I want to talk about Valentine's Day, but only if you do. I can do without it. Is it a wank? Is Valentine's Day a crock? Do you feel pressured into getting flowers and chocolates today, folks? If you don't, are you in trouble? one is the telephone number. Have you ever walked out on a first date and snuck out the back because... It was just a disaster. Thomas has twice. Twice? Twice. Yeah. One, triple, three, five, three. The worst date, the worst date ever. Why did you sneak out the back? Give us a call. I I can't wait to hear these stories. So, look, there's a fair bit there. I can't, the quickie, Thomas, it's going to go off today, I'm telling you now. You think? Oh, I know it.
1: Well, I thought that about Olsen and John a couple weeks ago, but it went the whole week.
0: No, I reckon this will go off today. Anyway, folks jump on board, hold on tight, buckle your seatbelt because it's going to be a fun and interesting ride today. This is the night shift around Australia on the Triple M network. We are on independent stations everywhere and we are streaming live as we speak on the Lister app. One, triple three, five, three. Welcome to the middle of the week, Wednesday, February 14th. I guess quickly, Sienna, Sienna, talk. Hello. You just got home from Pink. Yes, I did. Tell us about it. Um,
3: yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. We're in the VIP section. Why? Um, because we're important. Why? Um, I don't know.
0: How did you get into the VIP section, Sienna? Tell me. Who do you know? Um, do you know someone, do you?
3: No. Well, this afternoon we were scrolling on Facebook and seeing someone was selling three VIP tickets.
0: How much are VIP tickets?
3: Um, well, they bought. They retail for six hundred, but we got them for five hundred.
0: Five hundred each. Yeah. And for getting into the VIP section, what do you get? What's 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 VIP about it? But I I have no idea. I mean, we used to have pubs in New South Wales that had VIP signs, and I went in there once, and there weren't many VIPs in there. I'll tell you that for nothing. So tell me, what's a VIP t- t- ticket worth? What do you get? What do you get for it?
3: Um, so when you walked in, you got a bag and then inside of it, it had about 20 postcards, a bracelet that said pink on it. And then just, um, the thing that goes around your neck that says VIP. The
0: lanyard. And does it, did it get you backstage or anything like that?
3: No, no.
0: But you had something around your neck that said VIP. You can hang that up and you'll look at that forever. Was it good? Was it, was the music good? She's very, very dynamic, isn't she? We don't, we don't play her here on Triple M. She's more of an upstairs today FM type thing, but she's she's unbelievably athletic. And she did she do all the all the um you know, the the trampoline stuff and the
3: Yeah, and she flew through the sky and everything.
0: She's amazing, isn't she?
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: Tell me I mean you've rung me and you've been on hold for a while. Tell me more.
3: About Pink?
0: No, we can talk about who you like at Ramwick this Saturday if you like
3: maybe
0: so out of 10 what do you give it
3: probably a 9.5 okay
0: and uh, how long have you been a pink fan
3: um well i've never really been one but i've just knew oh. her songs yeah and i think we're going to go back to the sydney show
0: okay so
3: mid-march
0: okay so where did you go last night what venue was it
3: uh um, mcdonald jones
0: so where, whereabouts are you
3: um, I'm in Rathmines, Lake Macquarie.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I oh, see so you went to the Newcastle. Yes. The Newcastle Stadium. Well, she's certainly very athletic um, and uh, she's very, very popular. How? Just out of interest, how old are you?
3: I'm 13.
0: 13? Yeah. Yeah. Are most p- pink fans your age?
3: Oh, uh, it's like they're all different. They're like... I don't know. No. There's young people and old people. Right.
0: You got school today?
3: Um, No, I'm not going. Why? Because it's Valentine's Day.
0: Well, and why is it? How come we don't go to school on Valentine's Day?
3: Well, I might have a date.
0: At 13. It's quarter to one. You're 13. You're not going to school because it's Valentine's Day. Yep. Ah, there we go. There's the future of Australia right there, eh? That's what we have to look forward to. Thank you, Sienna. Bye bye. Goodbye. I'm not going to go to school. I'm 13. I'm not going to go to school. Why? Because it's Valentine's Day and I might have a date. Might seriously. She said, "Might." Seriously. Anyway, one triple, one triple three. Maybe she should join the ADF. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Quick, break me back. Craig's in Bendigo. He's out of power. I think. Craig. Good morning.
2: How are you going? Mate, you go,
0: you're part of this power outage, eh? Yes, I am. Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Isn't it? And i tell you what, while we continue to demonise coal and rely on renewables which aren't ready yet, this is going to happen more and more right around Australia. That's right. Yep. Tell me, where exactly are you? What's happened?
4: I'm in Vindigo, Victoria. Yes. And I've got a generator going.
0: Oh, how good is this? What year is it? Let me just I'll check. Is it 2024? Yeah, it is. Yeah, go on.
4: I can open the door and you can
0: hear it going if you like. Okay, go on. Let me hear you, Jenny. All right. There it is. Hear that? No, I hear it all right. Folks, in case you're wondering what Greg's talking about, this is Victoria's largest coal-fired power generator. And it suffered a major, a major outage yesterday. And it sent the whole state's electricity system into disarray. Hundreds of thousands of people have been left without electricity, and Craig's one. He's in Bendigo. So, Craig, you're lucky you've got a Jenny.
4: Yes, that's right. I've got solar panels too. They don't work. (laughs) There's no power.
0: Yes, it's great, isn't it?
4: I tell yeah. you, I tell you solar what. Solar panels don't work with no power.
0: No, I know because that's that's because you're using your solar panels to put p- power back into the grid. Now, what we need to do, and what I'm thinking of doing, is getting a battery, so that my solar panels charge my battery, and then when the battery is full, then I can draw directly off my roof and run my house, or put electricity back into the grid, and then I buy it back at a shit price anyway. But I think the trick is to get a big, big ass battery next to your house and have your solar panels charge it.
4: Yeah, you have to fork out another five thousand dollars for battery.
0: No, I think it's more.
4: Yeah, probably. Let's eight.
0: put let's uh, eight. This is what I heard. I heard nine. One triple three five three. Just quickly, while we're on it, if there's anyone listening that does, uh, is able to go off the grid because of their solar panels, if you have a battery. If your solar panels charge your battery, can you give me a call? How much was it? Uh, How long is it uh, due to last? What's its lifespan, in other words? And uh, on nights like tonight, how good would that be, Craig?
4: You know the worst thing that it is? Mm. It's keeping fridges and freezers going to keep your food going.
0: That's the most important thing. You're 100%, Craig. That's 100%. That's, you know, we can do without telly. We can do without our swimming pool filters going on. But what we really need is our refrigerators to keep going. Correct?
4: That's right, Luke.
0: Yeah, 100%. Craig, thanks for that. I, I, have they given you any idea when you'll be back on?
4: Uh, uh Tomorrow morning.
0: Tomorrow morning. Well, good luck, mate. Thank God you've got Um uh, d-
4: 6 p.m.
0: Oh, I A.m. Sorry. 6 a.m. All right. Well, thank God you've got a Jenny Craig. Thanks for your call, mate. You take care. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Rob's at Mount Dandenong. What's happened to you? Yeah, Luke, mate. How's it going? I'm very good. You're out of power too, are you? Uh mate, I'm flatter than the shit cutters hat. <laughs> no, it's, no.
4: it's just nine hours now of no power, mm. and um, yeah, look, it, it's just ridiculous.
5: Mm. The
4: state. What's going on in this state? And, um, you know, I borrowed a generator, a spare generator, off the neighbor across the road. He's had a ge- he's had a big ass generator for several years now because yes. of the, the um, unreliable state of the energy grid mm. up here. Um, look, I understand that, you know, we had a big, big um, storm about three years ago when all the trees came down, knocked out the grid and everything up here. Uh, everyone was on generators. But uh, I think this is something that's going to happen in the future you know, moving forward. My word. People are going to have to buy generators to run their whole house.
0: Yeah, they are. Or if they've got solar panels, they're going to have to buy big-ass batteries and put them next to their-
4: oh, but that's the other thing too. LG's just had a massive recall on batteries and have been exploding and catching fire on houses.
0: Yeah, and and lithium batteries exploding in cars too. Don't you worry about that? Oh, it, it's insane, Luke. It is and insane. Um, it is insane. It, it's just been it's just been one thing after the
4: other, and um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just yeah. I'm just shaking. This is ridiculous. You
0: know, it is ridiculous. It's 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 February 2024, but, but this is what's happened with government policy. They have demonised coal. And they have they have tried to convince us all that um, that that coal is bad, and that we have to go renewable. And I would love to be completely off the grid. Who wouldn't like to have no electricity bill? But it <laughs> is but it isn't ready yet. So stop closing down power stations and stop neglecting them like they have with the Loy Yang A power station in southeastern Victoria, because they've neglected it, and it's now shit itself. And we've got thousands and thousands of people who haven't got power now. And if you haven't got a generator, all your food's going off. And, and we're not going to make any difference to climate change
4: by shutting down these power stations when China is uh, making more power stations than we have in total every year.
0: Yeah, well, you've got a Labor government in every state at the moment. So I'm sorry nothing's going to happen and you've got a Labor government in Canberra. So, uh, uh, you know, don't expect, Scary stuff. don't expect things to change unless they do polling, because there's only one thing that really motivates a politician, and that's the possibility of losing their seat. Okay? This is, this is true. So, uh, I'm serious. It's the only thing that really motivates a politician, losing their seat. So let's see what happens. I'm sorry to hear you're out, mate. I really am, and I hope your food doesn't go oh. off.
4: Well, we've got a and we've got a uh, freezer set on the right temperature of minus 18 degrees, so that should hold some um, temperature in there for yeah, well,
6: don't a Don't
4: open it! Don't open it! <laughs> no, try not to. Try not <laughs> to. Open it. It. The
0: other thing too,
4: Now, gas. Yes, gas.
0: Oh, well, they're shutting down gas too. Oh
4: well, in Victoria, from the first of January. Uh, all new homes mm-hmm.
0: cannot connect to gas. That's right. And there yeah. are councils in Sydney that are doing exactly the same. New houses will not yeah. have gas appliances. Yep. If, if, if it wasn't for the fact that we had a gas stove on our range, you wouldn't be able to we cook. wouldn't
4: have even had dinner tonight. Exactly. The only way we had dinner
0: tonight was using the gas stove. And the next thing, and you mark my words on this, Rob, the next thing is that um, uh, log fires will be banned. and oh, no, we've got one in the room. No, it'll be gone soon. And slow combustion stoves. When I lived in Bathurst, I used to love Sunday afternoon. I used to split my wood, listen to the footy uh, on, on the car radio, and we had a, a, a timber low combustion stove. Gee, it was efficient. They'll be banned too. They, they will be banned. Well, fortunately,
4: well, where we are, up here on Mount Danon in in Yarra, Yarra Ranges, um, uh, wood fired heaters are still okay, no, and not you're for long. still and you're still allowed to burn off in
0: your backyard. No, so you are in the dark ages. What what you've done is, Rob, you you're living in the 1970s. I bet if you turn on a a, a battery operated transistor radio, it'll probably play How's That by Sherbet. That's a good song. That's a bloody great song, actually. <laughs> Rob, I'm I please keep your keep your freezer door shut and I hope your food doesn't go off and I hope you're on before six. Thanks for your call, buddy. And what and and what he's saying is right. We renewables is a fantastic idea, but it doesn't work. It's not reliable. It's and and don't for one moment tell me it's cheap because it's heavily subsidized. But no. Nah, we're rowing the uh, the renewable boat towards the island and they've stopped it about or oh, two or three thousand kilometers offshore, and they've said, No, nah, we're stopping here, jump off, and let's all swim towards the island. Well, they're not ready yet. Why aren't we looking at nuclear? Why aren't we looking at uh, other sources? But we've demonized coal, and this is what happens when you shut down power stations and when you neglect power stations. One triple three five three is the telephone number. You're listening to the night shift. I, I would love to hear. From anybody that does have solar panels and a battery, can you tell me how much was the battery? Because we're thinking of doing it. Because if you do have a blackout, and I think we're in for a lot more of them, um, when you do have a blackout, it would be handy to have that battery because we don't have a generator. Not everyone has a generator. Not everyone has neighbours that can put up with you having a, running a generator. So, do these batteries work? How long do they last? What's their lifespan? How much did it cost to get installed? If you've got one, please, I'd love to know. Educate me. This is the night shift on Triple M. The Goo Goo Dolls here on the night shift with me, Luke Boner, 133353, Valentine's Day. Does, is Valentine's Day a massive wank? Do we really need to go through the chocolates and the flowers and the whole thing? Or are we in trouble if we don't? Even if. Even if your partner says, "Don't worry about it," I look Valentine's Day. It's a, it's a big toss-up. If you don't, are you in trouble? Are you going to trouble today on Valentine's Day? They, look, I'm going to take my cue from you, listeners. What are you doing for Valentine's Day today? Are you, is 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 chocolates okay? A server on my way home. A, a servo flowers and chocolates okay. It's the thought that. Counts, isn't it? 13353 is the telephone number. Hey, if it's green and it grows, you will love SwiftGrow. Joe from SwiftGrow is overseas. He's visiting a number of countries that are interested in his product. And I can't say much more. He has signed non-disclosure agreements and we can't talk. I was I was dying to talk when I heard he was going overseas. I said, we should talk to you and you can tell us where you are and what you're doing. But really, it's going to be difficult because he's keeping his cards close to his chest. But it's the most exciting news ever for Swift Grow that started from very humble beginnings, and we discovered it here on the night shift all those years ago when he rang up for the quickie and told me he was feeding his fish. And now so many people are raving about the best organic fertilizer you'll ever put on your plants. I mean, don't take my word for it. Have a listen to Pat.
7: But I put them on my lawn, Luke, in a certain spot. Yep. And a couple of weeks later, when my lawnmower man came and said, what's happened to your lawn? Mm. He said, what? I said, why? He said, because it's grown really well here and it's short over there. So there you go. So my my petunias had grown at least six inches, you know, in, in about a week and a half.
0: There you go. Good on you, Pat, if you're listening. Pat loves her Swift Grow. I love the swift grape. Everyone who uses it raves about it. So why don't you give it a go? Better tasting vegetables, uh, greener grass. And we have flowers, our garden flowers all year round, and it shouldn't. We have annuals that should be dormant in winter, and we have colour in our garden all year round. And there's a 50% off deal. A five-litre bottle of Swift Grow, just 120 bucks, And, folks, free delivery anywhere in Australia. Order online. Montana will look after you. Go on to swiftgrow.com.au. Back in a bit. Give us a call and uh, tell us what are you doing today. Valentine's Day. Do we stop talking about it? Is it a wank? Does my audience out there, my national Triple M audience, do you, folks, do you care... About that. mind you, I had a 13-year-old girl from the Newcastle area ring me who's just got back from the pink concert, and I wouldn't have thought she was one of my listeners. I reckon maybe she rang me by mistake. Do you reckon she's a Triple M Newcastle listener? Oh, she's a diehard. So I think she's a hits listener. Yeah, no, I don't think I think she rang me by accident. Anyway, she's 13, she just got back from pink. Uh, she had VIP tickets. This was This was interesting. Uh, they got them online, I think she said.
1: Yeah, on Facebook.
0: 500 bucks for the VIP pink at McDonald's Stadium in Newcastle. And she's 13. So I don't know where she got 500 bucks from, but good luck to her. But She's 13, $500. Bucks, and I said, oh, it's a school night. You're going to school. She said, no. She said, no, I don't think I'll go today. I said, why? She said, it's Valentine's Day. Why, why would Valentine's Day be a reason not to go to school? Anyway, she said, no, I don't think I'll go to school. It's Valentine's Day. I said, well, why? She said, I might have a date. Might. Might. 13. Maybe Maybe it was a G up. She sounded a bit older than 13, but I, don't, I think she rang me by accident. I don't think she knew she was talking to Uncle Luke. Well, we got her. Yeah, go onto to the podcast today, have a listen. 500 bucks a 13-year-old um, going to see Pink and and saying, oh, I'm not going to school today because it's Valentine's Day and I might have a date. Jesus Christ. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Carol, you uh, lost power last night, did you? G'day. Hello.
7: Hello, yeah,
0: Carol. Carol, Hi. I need to know, where are you?
7: Near Dalesford
0: in Victoria. And are you still out? No, no, we came on about 5.30 this afternoon. Okay. Well, uh, the, the bloke who rang before, um, he's not expected to get back on until 6. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah.
7: But I was just going to say, Luke, everyone's talking about fridges, freezers, cooking, et cetera. Mm. But where we are, we rely on power to get water from the tank to the house. Yes. To the cattle water troughs.
0: Yes, of course.
7: Et cetera. Yeah. I mean, if there was a fire break out here, we'd have to take a branch off a gum tree and try and get it out with green leaves.
0: But So, um, so how much how much land are you on? I've got 12 lovely acres. Okay, I'm surprised you don't have a generator. I don't. I, I reckon most people on your sort of acreage would have a generator, wouldn't they? Should. Are you going to get uh, one now? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I would. If I lived on the land and my um, power supply was fragile, I'd have a Jenny for sure.
7: Yeah, well, everything in Victoria is
0: fragile at the moment, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, you know, you you people keep voting these people back in. There's only one.
7: Not me, mate, not me. Well,
0: well, there's only one way to change it at the polling booth. Exactly. Only one way to change it at the polling booth. Um, and I've said it a hundred times, we've demonised coal, we've shut down uh, coal-fired power stations, we've neglected the ones that are there, and we wonder why they stuff up. And And we
7: won't have a voice on nuclear either. Well, why? Ask the politicians.
0: Well, they'll look at it if they think there's votes in it, Carol. Yeah, you're right. I'm telling you. If they think there's votes in it, they'll look at it, or they'll give you lip service and say, "Oh yeah, we'll look at that after the election." A bit like politicians everywhere. Oh, let's have a look at the very fast train after the election.
7: One thing today, and do the exact opposite when they get in.
0: Yeah, yep, Carol, that's right.
7: Got no time for
0: them. Nah. <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Carol, lovely to lovely to look at you. To talk to you. okay, okay. Can, yeah I'd like to talk to anyone who's got solar and does have the generator connected to the solar panels I want to know how much did it cost what's its lifespan and have you had to use it yet is it is it a good thing one triple three five three is the telephone number now Bob good morning good morning mate. how are you? Yeah, not too bad. What's going on, Bob? You're in Adelaide. Uh, yes, sir. Doing the night
8: shift, 6pm to 6am.
0: Well, it's lovely to have your company, Bob. Tell me your story.
8: So you were talking about earlier about what happens in pubs and clubs uh, earlier tonight. I yes, one yeah, story yeah. I was
0: talking about a bloke called Danny Grant. Yep. And he's a promoter and he is a former nightclub owner. And he's gone online and he's written this incredible story about the dreadful things that go on in nightclubs. He's he's talking about Melbourne. But he reckons that when the crap happens, it's normally 99.9% male. And he says that the behaviour is unbelievable. You're a former bouncer. Yes, sir. Okay, let's go through some of the things that Danny is talking about. He says at the top of the list of objectionable behaviour, are people throwing glasses and bottles at unsuspecting crowds. He says, quote, it's absolutely revolting and it happens in concerts and it happens in nightclubs. He says it's usually male and they'll skull a stubby and throw it backwards into the crowd. Have you seen this?
8: Uh, yeah, actually, I've been hit back up all those bottles. What, what's going on? I uh, just get too excited, too drunk, and just too much uh, peer pressure from their friends to be stupid. So what do
0: they do? They go. Take, take
8: me through it. Well, in one instance that I was at, I was in a club in Adelaide. Yes. I'm uh, not going to mention who or what. But it was just a basic night, disco kind of thing going on. Mm. And the bar manager at the time was so goddamn lenient, he'd let anyone in. Mm. These guys are already halfway tanked from other clubs.
0: Yes, yes.
8: And they'd bring their own drinks in with them, and we had occasionally, would. we had to try and rip them off They what? How would they bring drinks in with them? The bar manager and bar owner would open up back doors and let them in that way.
0: And when you say they bring their own drinks in with them, what they would carry in bottles?
8: Yes, whether it's bottles or other glasses from other clubs in the area.
0: Well, you can't, and, that's ridiculous. You'd say, put that, you, you can't bring alcohol from another premises into this premises. Correct. Anyway, keep going. And most of the time, they
8: would know the owner himself or barman. No, your
0: bar bar manager sounds like an idiot. Keep going.
8: Yes, yes. Uh, But but anyway, back to the matter. (laughs) They get excited. They just be way too drunk, and they just toss and have no care in the world what they're breaking,
0: who's getting hit, and it's just absolutely chaos. Okay. This guy also talks about the creepy behaviour. Men on the dance floor grinding up and rubbing their groin against innocent women who were on the dance floor and saying, oh, sorry, it was an accident. Have you ever encountered
8: this? Oh, We got regular reports of that from multiple women, but in multiple clubs. Tell me, what. what? Take, take me through it. Well, there's one in the wool shed here in Adelaide. They got three dance floors in there now. And down in the basement, it's that dark. And it's just lit up by this usual flashing lights. You can't really tell what's going on down there. But we've got one report of an older fellow, probably in his mid-50s, be running up against an 18 or 19-year-old. I don't know whether that's just his taste or whether he's just a pervert, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. He he also talks about what goes on in the toilets. He says they're often just, well, graffitied, graffitied in feces, um, toilet seats deliberately broken... Uh, people doing lines of cocaine in the toilets is common. And he says people having casual sex in the cubicles is common. Is that true? Yes. I can vouch for most of that.
8: Take me through it. So, in the full, the fullest, first reason I was ringing was for in regards to a toilet story. We got reports to a woman who was passed out drunk or high. We, we never got the confirmation on that, just mm-hmm. passed out in the cubicle and left alone, not being cared for. Mm-hmm. Technically, as a male security guard, we're not supposed to go in there. But as you probably heard before, the first few minutes in regards to someone being drunk or passed out can save a life. Mm. So I've gone in, climbed into the cubicle, and just been abused by women the whole time I'm in there. This girl I found was out cold, head in the toilet, Jesus, and just not responsive at all. Luckily, she was breathing. So I picked her up. Didn't she have a friend with her? No, she was alone. Yeah. So I figure I'm carrying her outside. They give her that shot to the system to wake her up a little bit, and mm. the ambulance locked up not too long later. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, you'll, you'll find when you use needles. You'll find Lance's cocaine leftovers. You'll find all sorts, and whether
0: it's male or female, it doesn't matter. Really? So it doesn't matter. Male and female toilets are the same. Couples having casual sex in the toilets, does that happen often? <laughs> yeah, that happens quite a bit. Does it? <laughs> what, you've caught? you've caught them?
8: Yeah, we will walk past thoughts and we'll hear them moaning from outside, and we'll just go, okay, just let's give them a few minutes to let them finish. Well,
0: hang on, you don't know. They, they, it, they might, it might have been somebody who's just had a dodgy Vindaloo.
8: <laughs> if it was just the one person, I'd agree with you. Uh,
0: so there's definitely two people in there and they're groaning away. And you've, do you, do you, do you, is that outlawed behavior or do you let that go?
8: Uh, I don't know if it's outlawed or not, but most of the time, we'll give them a few minutes to finish because most of the time, they don't last very long anyway. (laughs) But as long as it's uh, nothing non-consensual, I say.
0: Yeah, consensual. So long as it's consensual. Yeah, there you go. As long as it's
8: consensual, it's fine. But if it's anything else, like she's screaming for help, then yeah, we'll intervene.
0: But otherwise... What do you do if you have a couple that's procreating in a toilet cubicle? God, it's a romantic world we live in, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> um, but, and there's a line-up of people waiting to use that cubicle. What do you do then? Well, then we'll
8: intervene and get a knock on the door and say, hey, come on, take it somewhere else. We've got a line-up out here. You're causing a lot of trouble out in the hallway. And when they walk out together, that's a walk of shame. What do, what do the other punters say? Oh, uh, everyone's out there clapping and laughing. It's just a walk of shame that they're going back into the club. Either they'll go back to the club and continue or they'll leave just with a huge applause. Wow. It's ridiculous.
0: Yes, I was on a flight from LA to Sydney uh, once and uh, a couple came out of the toilet and they got a great round of applause. I didn't know what was going (laughs) on until everyone started clapping. And, of course, everyone's phones came out and they got videoed as they walked back to their seats. (laughs) So it happens on aeroplanes. It happens everywhere. It's a funny world we live in, isn't it? Hey, Bob from Adelaide, thank you so much for your call. a pleasure. What are you doing tonight? What do you do? I'm a patrol officer in Adelaide. Everything okay? Yeah, nice quiet night, mate. Well, that's all you want, isn't it? Damn right. All right, talk again soon. Call me back any Sounds good. See you, mate. Yeah. Bob, the security guard. What what goes on in nightclubs? I'm, I never was a nightclub person, and uh, I'm never likely to be. One triple three five three is the number. This is the night shift on Triple M. So, if you've ever worked in a nightclub, do you go along with this bloke? Danny Grant, who says the behaviour is, I um, I had uh, a phone call from a, a nightclub bouncer not so long ago who told me that he believed that the women's toilets were much much worse than the men's. I don't know if that's true or not. He said, "Yeah, the women's toilets much much worse." One triple three five three is the telephone number. Anyone out there that um, has ever been in the ADF? I really want to talk to you this morning because people are leaving the Australian Defence Force in droves. And they're also leaving the Queensland Police Force, same numbers. So we can throw that in as well if you want. But why are people leaving leaving the ADF? And in order to try and combat that and get the numbers back up to about eighty seven thousand, they're now saying, Well, how about we drop the fitness restrictions? How about we say, OK, unless you're actually being trained for combat, we won't worry so much about the push-ups and the sit-ups and the time trials with the running. We'll sort of just say, welcome in. And, and, and they're also looking at a, a try before you buy, where you can join for just a short time and see how you like it. Are these the people we want protecting Australia if worse comes to worse? Or have you just gotta do what you've got to do? What are your thoughts? See, I, I'm not qualified. I've never been in the army and I didn't even do cadets at school. But I know a lot of my listeners have been in the armed forces and have mixed thoughts about their time there. I'd like to know what you make of it. One triple three five three is the telephone number. The ADF, they're reviewing various and they're calling it barriers to service. And they're looking at getting rid of the tough fitness tests. And they want more recognition on modern warfare. Because as we, as time goes on and there is more and more modern warfare, it's all about drones dropping bombs, isn't it? And precision missiles being launched kilometres away from the enemy. And maybe the, um, the boots on the ground... Is a thing of the past, is it? I don't know. You tell me. 133353. But um, yeah, the numbers are dwindling. The numbers are seriously, seriously dwindling. And the Defence Personnel Minister, Matt Keogh, has confirmed that, okay, yeah, the ADF is now dropping the one size fits all fitness test. They're trying to hit a target of 80,000. The ADF currently has only about 57,000 personnel. Is that all? Is that all we have? But anyway, if you've ever been in the army, do you, do we need to drop the standard in order to get the numbers in in there? One triple three five three is the telephone number. It's one of our topics that I'd, I'd love your advice on. As I say, I didn't even do cadets at school, so I'm I am not qualified. I'll tell you this for nothing though: if Australia was ever invaded, and I'm probably too old, I would wait, wait too till to get, now get conscripted. I would join. But I would, only, I would not join and go overseas and fight a bat, someone else's battle. So, you know, had my number come up for Vietnam, and I'm way too young for that, but had my number come up for Vietnam, is there a chance I would have been a conscientious objector or would I have gone along for fear of getting in trouble? Probably would have gone along. But you look at all the Australian men and women that went to Vietnam and Korea and had no idea why they were there. But if you've got people invading your country, I reckon you'd find a lot of Australians that would pick up a rifle and start picking people off. But anyway, I don't think conscription would work anymore. I honestly don't think it would. But that's just my thoughts. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. There's plenty to talk about. The Night Shift Triple M. And just before uh, I go to my next call, Nick is up in just a sec. Just here is something. You remember last week, or was it earlier this week, we were talking about a school in WA, or in fact, all of WA banning the, the, the toasty in the school tuck shop, the ham and cheese toasted sandwich banned in all WA tuck shops, which is funny because about 18 months ago, when they introduced the, uh, the green, amber and red light signals associated with tuck shop food, the toasty got a green And then 12 months later it went to amber and then just recently it's got red. So a ban on ham and cheese toasties being served at school canteens has sparked outrage around the country. But now, listen to this, these nanny education officials in another state have called for fairy bread. To be banned as well. Yep, fairy bread. The South Australia Education Department says sprinkles should not be provided or supplied at the state's public schools under their right bite healthy food and drinks guidelines. Remember, these are bureaucrats telling us that we're shit parents. And that we actually don't know what we're doing and we need guidelines because we're stupid. That's what this is about. The South Australia government have said that the guidelines are just guidelines, but they're going to ban fairy bread. The state government added that the guidelines don't apply to what parents pack in their kids' school lunchboxes, but... There's no longer fairy bread. Just remember, these are the same people who say, oh, no, no, no. Of course you're in charge of what your children eat. You're responsible, parents. but Don't bring peanuts to school. And we're going to check the lunchbox. And if we don't think the food balance is right, you're going to get a little note. I know, because I've had parents ring me and tell me. You know, they had a popper. Do You remember the popper? A little little, uh, square... Cardboard container of juice with a straw that's attached, you pull it off and you poke it through the hole. I've had parents ring me to tell me that they're not allowed to take the popper to school because it's too much sugar. I've had parents ring me to say, Oh, we didn't like your fruit selection. We don't like sultanas. No peanuts. The chocolate cake left over from the party on the weekend. No, we're frowning on that too. Way too much sugar. I'm not kidding. These bureaucrats will say, oh, it's up to the parents. We understand that parents have a right to say what their kids can and can't eat, but we'll send home a note just to make you feel guilty. So, over the weekend and on Monday morning here on the night shift we talked about Western Australia banning ham and cheese toasted sandwiches from public schools in a bid to cut down on processed meats. What if the ham and cheese toasted sandwich was made with beautiful ham off the bone? Is ham still considered a processed meat? Someone ring me and tell me, please. One triple three five three. But now here we have in Adelaide, fairy bread is now banned. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Now let's have a look at fairy bread. So, what hundreds and thousands? What actually is hundreds and thousands? What are what when you look up hundreds and thousands on Wikipedia? What does it say? Yes, it's sugar. I know, but it's a special treat. I mean, seriously. No one lives off fairy bread. It's a treat, isn't it? For God's sake.
1: So in hundreds and thousands, or sprinkles,
0: mm. sprinkles. You got
1: sugar.
9: Of
0: course you do.
1: Starch. Yes, good. Colors mm. and glazing agent.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's a treat. It's a treat. It's a staple at any Christmas, at any birthday party, isn't it? But anyway, there you are, folks. First, the ham and cheese toasty. Now, the fairy bread. And can I just be honest, in this day and age, I'm allowed, re- I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely surprised that you're even allowed to call it fairy bread. 133353 is the telephone number if you would like to join the program. Nick, good day. Morning, Luke. How are you going, buddy? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you?
10: Good, good. Long time listener, first time caller.
0: Good on you. Where are you?
10: I just have work in in Sydney
0: in Sydney okay that's what I was after Sydney and what do you do how come you're up
10: Oh, I'm a, spa- I'm a sparky tradie. Oh,
0: good on you how old are you me 38 this year mate all right well good on, good on you what's uh, Thanks, buddy what's on your mind
10: uh the land tax mm-hmm. so
0: are you talking so about like, or are you talking about stamp duty
10: well we'll talk about stamp duty mm-hmm. and then and how they're going to go well you can't pay uh, stamp duty so let's introduce this land tax
0: no that's not uh, quite how it's going
10: no, 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 it's no. not how it's going, but they wanted to introduce...
0: Well, they did. The previous government did introduce a slow introduced land tax as opposed to a one-up fee of stamp duty. And I was talking to our finance expert, Shane Oliver, yesterday, and he thought that was a much better idea. It was it was less of a massive hit burden on first home buyers who not only have to save up for a deposit, but then they've got to come up with this stamp duty as well, and it's just making it too hard to get into your first home. That's what he was saying.
11: Yeah,
10: yeah I know what he's saying, but um, with stamp duty, yeah, it's a big hit up front. You pay it. You don't have to pay it again unless you buy another property. But with a land tax, and they do it every year, you know, the Australian dream is to own your own home. Once, once you're um, retired, you've got to still pay your rates. you still got to pay your electricity, mm-hmm. your water. And then they're going to charge you a land tax every year and and land value. Well, that goes up every year. So then you're always going to have this constant bill, a yearly bill, instead of just going, right, 20 years ago, hit up the stamp duty. Yeah, you might do a bit tough, but at least when you retire and you own your own home, you don't have this extra bill to pay.
0: Yeah, but we're talking about the big hit. If you didn't have to pay that big hit, Mm. would that make it easier? Well,
10: I've I've had two properties. So the first one, I had um, the stamp duty exempt because it was first home buyer's grant. On the second one, I think I paid about
7: $60,000.
10: So, and then like I had an investment and I think the biggest problem is not like rentals, is the Airbnbs. That's that's what's keeping people out of the market.
0: Now, I'm just looking, I, my understanding is you do have to pay stamp duty on every property you buy.
10: Not when, uh, look, I bought that property like, what, for 14 years, what is it, nine, uh, about 12 years ago. And you paid stamp duty? And, no, I didn't. No, because I was under, It was part of the first, Home Buyer's grant. Back then.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But you buy another home now, you're going to have to. pay oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to pay uh, stamp duty on it.
10: 100. 100.
0: Yeah, that's why I didn't understand what you were saying. So, so e- even if it's not your first home, if it's your second home, you've still got stamp duty.
10: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did on the second arm um, on the second property. I, I got hit. I think sixty thousand in stamp duty. So, so the property was like eight eighty, and then I got hit with sixty k on top of that.
0: So. If you didn't have to pay that stamp duty on your first home, but you paid a land tax over a period of time, but the government's still getting its money, but you haven't got that big hit at the beginning. But
10: would the government go, okay, his stamp duty should be 60K, so once he's reached 60, he doesn't have to pay again? Or are they going to go, no, for the life of that property, that that person's going to be paying land tax?
0: Do you know what shits me all overall is the fact that you've got to pay stamp duty. I mean, what is it? What is stamp duty? Oh,
10: I don't know. what it is. It's just the government taking...
0: Well, I think it, it goes back almost to Federation, uh, back to the 1800s, I think, where in New South Wales, when you wanted to buy a property, there was some paperwork that a bureaucrat had to do for you, and he put a stamp on it, and he, he charged a fee.
10: Yeah. So it's the, the cream. It's just cream for the government, isn't it?
0: Yeah, of course it is. But if you're buying... The median house price in Sydney is now 1.1, right? Yep. That's forty five thousand dollars. Yep, that's forty five thousand dollars. Did you did you hear what um, Shane Oliver said about this yesterday?
10: Uh, I might have caught a bit of it.
0: Uh, just just, just while you're there. Have a quick listen to what he what he has to say. Shane's a fairly conservative bloke. Um, he's been at AMP forty years this year. But he said he, he feels quite depressed about what young people have to go through to get into a home. Just have a quick listen. So, Shane, Oliver, stamp duty is depressing you. What's the alternative? The alternative is land tax. So
9: rather than pay, say, $45,000 up front to get into your property, uh, which is grossly unaffordable for many people, you, pa- you commit on that property to pay land tax, which would be an amount like $1,000, $2,000 to infinity over, so a property, of time. over a period of time, but it would probably go on forever. And of course, uh, you can optimize. You can work out what is the, the the amount that you need to charge to get the same amount of revenue over time. But it 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 removes that massive hurdle that people face when they have to pay stamp duty.
0: Yeah, you see, you see what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what
10: he's saying, but I just think the government's going to give you a land tax bill every year until until you're in the grave, instead of just Painter stamp step, Judy, up
0: front. Yeah, all right. It's, it is a way of getting uh, over that initial hurdle for a first home buyer. Nick, can I ask you, In your, you're in your mid or late 30s, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you in a relationship? It's a very personal question. You don't have to answer. I'm married. Yeah, I'm married. Okay. How long have you been married? Oh, six years. Congratulations. Thanks. Are you going to do something for Valentine's Day? 100%. Take me through it. What are you doing?
10: I've already gone to the florist, ordered the flowers. They'll, they'll get delivered tomorrow.
0: That's th- today. Yeah, today. Do you understand that flowers cost twenty times more on Valentine's Day than they do the day before or the day after?
10: Yeah, uh, looky, it swings and roundabouts. You know, like mm. you give them something, yeah. you get stuff in return.
0: Yeah,
10: you know, happy wife, happy life.
0: Oh, I'm with you. So, yeah. so oh, I'm with you, Nick. I'm not judging, mate. I'm trying to... Un- no, no, the, I got it. I'm trying to understand. Valentine's Day. Have you always done something special on Valentine's Day?
10: Oh, yeah. Like, because we'll like, I'm on nights this week, we had a restaurant booked um, yeah. for, for tonight, but... Um, How much was it? I got canned, so I did it on Saturday. Do
0: you, uh, know, do you know what, Nick? Yeah, mate. I used to own a restaurant in another did life. You? Oh, yeah. And do you know what, Nick? I used to yeah. hate Valentine's Day.
10: Why? Because there was only two people at the table instead of
0: a group booking. Correct.
10: Yeah, you would have made a killing with a group booking with two people.
0: Correct. Unless they order, unless they order a lot, buddy. They don't. They don't. I used to hate, so we had these beautiful tables. Our tables were a little bit bigger than most tables. And yeah, they sat that's f- good. They sat four really well, but if you put two together, you could seat six. And yeah, okay. I used to hate Valentine's Day because we had to separate all our tables. We had less, way less people in the restaurant. And because all, every other restaurant, you know, was doing a deal, you had to have a set menu and you had to w- I hated it. I hated Did it. You? I hated it. Yeah.
10: Now, I've got something else for you too. Yeah, go on. Look, all right, week on the weekend.
0: Sorry, what happened on the weekend?
10: ranwick this weekend, ranwick the horses. You, you asked for a tip. Yeah, yep. Look at the sports bet, the the speed map. Go for pace on Tom- any race, pace on.
0: Okay, well, Thomas will write this down because Michelle Bishop's with me on the man cave on Friday, and she's now a part owner in a in a racehorse. So we might. Are you gonna Are you gonna be up this time on Friday?
10: You mean like Thursday night going into Friday?
0: No, I mean a Friday.
10: Yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, Thursday night going to Friday. If you're up, give me yeah. a call and we'll, and we'll yeah, talk right. and we'll we'll talk about it again. Thanks. Thanks for your right.
10: call. But also also
0: uh, gun gun ownership. Yes, gun ownership. Jeez, I I, yeah. was, I wasn't expecting this one. Yes.
10: Yeah, I'm a licensed like I've got a, my gun license and I've got my registered guns. Yes. Okay. Every state has different laws. Right? But they they all have the same categories. New South Wales has A and B, C, like C and D, um, H for the handguns. Every state has the same, but some states are more strict than others with what you can own. Do you live on the land? No, I don't. No, I mean, just residential. Okay. And,
0: and I, I don't, I'm don't. i not a gun owner, so I'm not qualified. Yeah. Why, why do you have guns? Do you hunt or is it just for sport? What? Why, why do you have... Oh,
10: both. So, like, I used to hunt... When I, when I was younger, I used to do more hunting. Uh, now I do some clay shooting.
0: Okay. So you, you, it's for fun, it's for sport, and a little bit of hunting. Yeah, correct. Okay. Correct. Where do you keep your guns? In a safe. In your house? In my house, yeah. Are you 100% sure that if someone broke in, they couldn't get them?
10: 100%. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that's not the, the problem, is mm. all the states, mm. they don't talk to each other, right? So, like... In Queensland, God love them, have, have the most relaxed ones, and you can have a great like great selection of um, gunstone. Mm. And then after that uh, shooting in Queensland, the WA police uh, and the politicians changed their laws over there, and they said, oh, from these, these size calibers above are now banned. Oh, okay. So you had... You had registered, like, owners doing the right thing, and then all of a sudden they changed the law and had to uh, do, like, a hand-in and get, get, like, a cash back from
0: it. Right. Well, look, I don't really understand it. I'm not a gun owner, and I'm not across it, and it's not a topic I was prepared for this morning. But, okay, I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Nick, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Good luck today on Valentine's Day. I hope it all goes well. You Have you got chocolates and flowers and that as well?
10: No, nah, just the flowers, buddy.
0: Where, when your your wife? What's her first name? Nancy. Huh?
10: Nancy. Vanti. Nancy. Nancy. Oh, Nancy. That's an old fashioned yeah. name. No? Yeah. Where Where did you meet her? Huh? Oh, uh, Panthers. A
0: night out with the boys, and she was there.
10: No, I was on un- I was unemployed at the time, and my cousin goes, "Do you want to go go to Panthers tonight?" And yeah, we rocked
0: up. And, wh- and where was she? What was she doing? Oh, she, she, was, she was kind of seeing my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> she
10: was dating your cousin? No, what, they weren't dating. They just knew each other at the time. Yeah. That didn't work out.
0: So did you cut your cousin's grass there that night at Panthers?
10: <laughs> no, I didn't cut his grass there that night, mate. It was like nine years later. Uh, was it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> when was your first official date with the lovely Nancy?
10: Oh, I don't know, like seven years ago.
0: Yeah, where did you go? Well,
10: I don't know, but before that like, we used to go <laughs> to the nightclubs together. We were, fr- we
0: were friends for like nine years. Yeah, you didn't you didn't go into the cubicle together, please tell
10: nah, me. No, there was no there was
0: no cubicle. No, good, no cub no cubicle business. Hey, listen, Nick, lovely to talk to you. have, have it's a good day for you today. Thanks for your call. One triple three five three is the telephone number. I got an email here from Gary who says, uh, morning Luke. Just want to say Valentine's Day is a load of crap. It's all about the shops making money. I personally call it a waste of money day as you don't need one day of the year to tell that someone special that you love them. You should be able to do it every day of the year. I bought my wife something called an eternity rose a couple of years ago. So when it comes to a box, the stem is nine carat gold. The actual rose is like blown crystal, which changes colour under the lights. And when you move it, it was about 300 bucks. So now on Valentine's Day, all she does is open the box and has a look and then puts it away for next year. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So I don't have to spend any money on Valentine's Day anymore. My wife loves it. And now Valentine's Day to us is just a normal day. We don't spend a cent on each other for Because it's a waste of money day. We don't believe in the Valentine's Day crap. Have a great night. Love your show. Listen every night. Keep up the good work. Stay safe. From Gary, one triple three five three. A couple of people have just dropped out. Uh, Their phones couldn't make it. Or they ran out of time uh, waiting on. So if you've been trying to get through, there's plenty to talk about. And we've got Call of the Week coming up on Friday. If you'd like to be part of the program, you can call through right now, and uh, Thomas will get to you. One triple three five three is the number. The night shift triple M. Man for Man here on the night shift with Luke Boner. One triple three five three. An hour from now, we've got the quickie, but we've also got for Pearl Jam fans some big news, and uh, Thomas and I will be breaking that for you in about fifty-five minutes from now. It's embargoed, is it?
1: Yeah, that's right. So it will be here so first on the night shift.
0: Like everything, we break all the news. We break all the news. So it's Pearl Jam news that we will break before anyone else. That's right. Okay. One triple three five three. Hey, if you're like me and you can't stand those pesky summer invaders, the flies and the mozzies, then have I got something exciting for you? In fact, there's a news story about Ross River fever. There is a Ross River fever scare at the moment. Now, Ross River fever has been around for a long, long time. And if you get, I've, I, I've known two people who contracted Ross River fever by being bitten by mosquitoes, and they carry it around for the rest of their lives. There was one bloke, he used to run um, a mowing service in Bathurst. My Bathurst listeners, well, you probably don't remember Eric's Mowing Centre, but he got Ross River fever. And he told me that he just forever felt lethargic and crook. And this virus spread by mosquitoes stayed in his system. Dreadful story. Just a dreadful story. Mosquitoes. And we've got a record amount of mosquitoes around Australia, especially down the East Coast right now, because of the rain and pooling water. And that's what mosquitoes love. So... Look, this bad boy mozzie zapper from Pestrol is called the Executioner XXL. Pestrol, P E S T R O L. This is the biggest mozzie zapper in their range. It does flies as well, flies and mozzies. This is a total game changer. This doesn't just repel flies and mozzies, it annihilates them and it does it fast. And it covers a huge 300 meter square area And here is the kicker if you order the executioner double XL now they're going to throw in the tennis racket zapper for free which is a saving of 30 bucks and it's not just practical it's a lot of fun but there's only 10 of them every night there's only 10. So be one of the 10 people to order. The executioner, double XL now, from pestrol.com.au. Look, I've known Andrew for 24 years. No, it's not. It's Nature B, 24, 20, 22 years. I've known Andrew Fennell, the owner of Pestrol, 22 years. And all of his products work. They all come with a warranty, money-back guarantee. They all get delivered to your home for free. Now, if you use the delivery code BONO, B-O-N-A, it will come to your home. But there's only 10. Don't let the flies and mozzies ruin your summer. Thank you. Thomas has just handed me this story. Queenslanders are being warned of a potential surge in Ross River virus cases as mosquito numbers explode in the wake of the wet weather. It's exactly what I was just saying, isn't it? Chief Health Officer John Gerrard says those in Mackay down to the state's southeast should be on alert and avoid being bitten by this hideous insect. A high number of mosquitoes tested from traps have been found to be carrying the virus. And in humans, it can cause fever, swollen, painful joints, and a rash. And I knew a bloke who had Ross River fever, and he said he felt lethargic. He struggled to get out of bed every day. It ruined him, and he couldn't get rid of it. And they reckon that the cases of Ross River fever could surpass the 2019-2020 figures. Speaking from the Gold Coast, Dr Gerard said there was a risk of more Queenslanders becoming infected than during the last surge of cases, where more than 3,000 people contracted the virus. Christ, it's frightening, isn't it? And there are flags raised... Brisbane, Bundaberg, Banana Shire, Gold Coast, Fraser Coast, Livingston Shire, Mackay, Moreton Bay, Sunshine Coast, Y Bay. I mean, the list just goes on. The list just goes on and on. Authorities said more areas are soon to be affected. So don't take any chances. Get this Mozzie Zapper. The Executioner, XXL from Pestrol. It works. Pestrol.com.au. Everything for your home and garden. Quick break, be back. I've got another email here from someone telling me that uh, the women's toilets are the worst at the servo I work in. Really? Really? We- girls listening to me now, what's going on? I've got uh, someone telling me that the women's toilets at the servo I work in are disgraceful compared to the men's. And i got someone else saying they work in a nightclub <clears throat> and it's the women's toilets where the sex goes on which I find a little bit incredulous because the Minister for War and Finance is always telling me that there's a massive line-up for toilets for women and not for men because men can stand at the urinal, right? Because I said the other night, we've got a prong and you can stand there and you can point your prong at the, at the, um, at the urinal and off you go especially if it's a long stainless steel one where you stand, those individual little porcelain ones, uh, not so good. But they, what are you laughing at?
1: What's, I, I just find it very funny, the the amount of detail that you go into.
0: When you go and stand at the urinal, do you go to the corner and sort of hide yourself, Like tuck yourself away into the corner?
1: Depends. It depends if it's peak hour.
0: I tell you what, if you go into a men's toilet and there's only three individual porcelain urinals. Yes. which one? And it, and it's empty. Which one do you go to?
1: The one furthest away from the entrance. Okay,
0: very good. There's something wrong with you if you go to the one in the middle. Because if someone else walks in, they have to stand next to you.
1: Yeah, and they can see everything going but on. You don't
0: want to see what's going on.
1: That's where extroverts stand.
0: Do you, sneak a, do you sneak a peek? No. No, you're right. Uh, Some strong people do. Individual. Some people like to sneak a peek to, for a comparison. I used to, but not anymore. What you did? You never did. Did, did you? What? Oh, no, just just to
1: check if mine's okay.
0: Yeah. Size comparison. Yeah. One triple three. Anyway, anyway, and the minister for war and finance is always saying to me, "There's a massive line up for the women's toilets because they only have four or five cubicles, and there's a million women here." Whereas you men can stand side to side at the urinal, tower over and up next, 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 next. And well, it's no fuss either. But we need a cubicle. Why don't they make women's toilets with more cubicles, she would often say. And more than once, um, I've been to the men's toilet at interval, at a show, right? And there's the cubicle, There's one or two cubicles free because men go to the cubicle normally to sit down. Yes. And do a number two. yes. But usually at interval of the show, it's a quick wee. So I've said, come on, just quick, close your eyes. And, and I've, I've taken her into the men's and said, there's the cubit, because she can't wait. The, the line-up for the women's toilets is a mile long. It's astronomical. I know. It's not right. It's not right. Anyway, apparently the, the damage and the graffiti in nightclubs and servos is worse than the women's toilets. I thought most toilets and servos were unisex. But anyway, I'm just telling you what people are telling me, folks. One triple three five three. Dave's online. Good day, Dave. Hey, Luke. How you going, buddy? I'm very good, mate. Wednesday, February fourteen. It's Valentine's Day. Is Valentine's Day a crock or is it serious?
2: Serious, mate. I've i pulled up at the uh, service station at Newcastle and bought a thirty-eight dollar bunch of flowers.
0: Mm. Yeah, that and that bunch was twelve yesterday.
2: Yeah, I know, but it looks nice. It's not, the truckles not nice when the changeover driver gets in.
0: Okay. So. In about
2: half an hour. So yeah, I just the shell has them. Um It's it's special for me. My firstborn granddaughter turns twenty today. Yeah. Um, and thirty two years ago, I found out what caused it after five kids and had to snip. <laughs> what on Valentine? On
0: Valentine's Day. You found out on Valentine's Day you were going to be a father. No,
2: no, I, I had to snip on
0: Valentine's oh, Day.
2: Oh right. I, I worked out what caused the problem with five kids, so I thought I'll get this fixed. Or buy a television. Yeah, yeah, um, I just yeah. So the other thing, quick thing before I go, um, yeah, make
0: sure you go. And get no, some... hang on, I, I'm not finished with you yet. We'll come back to your quick thing in a minute. So you had the snip after five kids. Yes. Your your beautiful wife. What's her first name? Mandy. Ah, uh, and where did you meet Mandy?
2: Railway Hotel of Gunnera.
0: What were you doing there? Give me the circumstances. Well, I want the romantic uh, I, story.
2: I was romantic. I seen her walking around a little town about twelve kilometres from Gunadah, and I said to a friend of mine, "Gee, I like the look of her." And mm. um, I was pretty shy. I never had girlfriends on it. And
0: mm. um, yeah, and I said, "I said My mates playing country music at the pub." Like, are you? I, are you from Gunadah? Yeah. Oh, two mo. Yes. See. Thomas, wouldn't know, Thomas doesn't know what I'm talking about. 2MO at Gunnadar. Great radio station. Keep going.
2: Yeah, and, and so I went to Railway Hotel and I didn't have a lot of Dutch courage, so I wasn't a drinker and I had a couple of beers and um, got up the courage and, and asked her out and then about to.
0: Hang on. This is at the pub at Gunnadar? Yeah, Railway Hotel, yes. Railway Hotel. And what, she was sitting in the same room at another table with girlfriends?
2: She came in with, with a uh, mutual friend. She came with a mutual friend. She brought her in and... And, um,
0: and how far away from you were they sitting?
2: Oh, we were sort of together. We are sitting together and everything Oh, like it was a group. That, you were we, in a
0: group, right.
2: Yeah, in a group. We Dave. the old-fashioned thing, courting and everything and sending, sending her letters for about 12 months. And then oh. finally she related, related and um, we got together and... We were married forty years, August sixth of August last year.
0: So we. This we, is this is lovely, but when you were sitting in the railway hotel at Gunadah, how many years ago? Uh,
2: forty three years ago.
0: Forty three years ago. Um, how much was a schooner back then? Um,
2: about yeah, three dollars, I think.
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. Did, was there a band playing?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, a mate of mine was an um, uh, Islander, and he was um, doing sort of uh, stand-up karaoke, all that sort of stuff. He very forty-three years talent. ago,
0: forty-three years ago they had karaoke. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, anyway, you remember that night for the rest of your life. I love that story. And how many kids? Five.
2: Well, and for our fortieth wedding anniversary, we decided my daughter lives in Townsville.
0: Yeah.
2: But we we drive, so we done a, like a three day. Stop over to get there and spend a week there oh, yeah. and, and a week in Ki. And I spotted this sign saying Yorkies Knob. Yes, North show. I drove into Yorkies Knob. What a beautiful place!
0: Well, that's where Granny Sue's from. Granny Sue's
2: from Yorkies Knob. It, it's it's a it's very much like early Beach, but not as upmarket. Yeah. Um, which surprised me. Yorkies Knob, I thought, it was an old, hip country town. But um, no, it wasn't. It was very, very nice, beautiful marina. Yeah. Um,
0: we might get uh, Granny Sue on the radio sometime this week. She usually rings me once a week, but um, I like her to ring on the Man Cave because my other mates on the Man Cave love her as well. She's a character, Granny Sue. Yeah,
2: I listen to her every night in the truck. You know, between, I drops out between Paul um, The Dealer and uh, Tari. It drops out, but then well, um, I pick it back up again. Dave,
0: so. I think you're fantastic. And you've and uh, you just you've just bought the flowers. You put them back in the truck so your other driver will enjoy the fragrance. What time do you get home to your lovely Mandy?
2: I'm
0: about twenty minutes from home now. All right. Well, look, I I love your story, mate. You say Valentine's Day is worthwhile. I I'm still very sceptical. But can I just say this to you, Dave? And you know what I'm about. You know you know what I'm saying. Yep. If Valentine's Day. Meant a real lot to the minister for war and finance. It would mean a lot to me too. But she doesn't give. Yeah, sh- but she, she doesn't give a shit either.
2: Tell you, here's, here's a hint from someone been married forty-one years this year. Yes. She's not going to tell you. Just surprise her with some flowers, and yeah, it's all about the art of surprise.
0: But I buy her flowers every single Sunday. So do why? I. I buy my wife flowers every time so I
2: duck down to Coles and get a paper so and her. You- get her a bunch.
0: Okay, so are you suggesting I get non Sunday flowers and, yes. g- and get her random Wednesday flowers? Yes. And see where that gets me?
2: You never know.
0: Dave, you, you, might,
2: are, you, da- might, you might need a sticky tonight, mate.
0: Da- <laughs> She'll wear me out. Dave. Yeah, um, uh, you're in the draw for caller of the week, but can I send you something anyway?
2: Oh, yeah, I much appreciate that, yeah.
0: All right, I'll put you back to Thomas. We'll get you a Triple M T-shirt, okay? Oh, that'd,
2: that'd be great. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate been,
0: it. I've enjoyed your company, mate, and congratulations Thanks, on mate. being a granddad.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, a great granddad. A great be, granddad, um, wow. The one that turns 20 today, she's money um, a week or so having a little baby girl. Yeah, so. that
0: is fantastic. That is just fantastic, Dave. Thank I've you. I've got six, 16 grandkids, so. Wow. You only, yes, sir, but, you own, the trouble with this, Dave, you only sound about 35 years uh, of age.
2: I wish I was, but I'm 64 this year.
0: So, anyway, it's been lovely to meet you, Dave. Please call back hey, again, okay? I'm, I'm
2: the EH Holden, they
0: call me 64. Yeah, 64 EH, that's right. Good on you. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, Luke. S- stay there, Dave. Thomas is going to give you something. What a lovely bloke. 13353, 43 years ago, eh? The Railway Hotel at Gunnadale. Yes, 2MO, Gunnadale. Um back in the day two MO Gunada was the station you had to go to. It was a stepping stone to a bigger market. It was a very, very good radio station. I don't know anymore, but it was two MO at Gunda. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Karen's online. Karen, what have you got? Hello. Hi Karen. Um, you heard Dave. What a lovely man.
3: Yeah, what a lovely man. However, however, I, however, ho- however <laughs> I believe, like I'm a female. Um, I believe that if you love somebody, you show it every day. You don't have to wait for Valentine's Day and waste your money on all the overpriced items that the, the, the stores jack up just for Valentine's Day.
0: Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'll get um... – <laughs> just, just wait there. I'm going to get Dave back. I want to get Dave okay. <laughs> because Dave's a lovely old-fashioned bloke. I want to. Yes, I, I, I'm old-fashioned too. But the thing is, okay, hang if, on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Dave, are you back with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, Dave, I've got Karen on the other line. You were just talking to Thomas. He was getting your t-shirt size. I've got Karen. She's a lovely lady. She's from Menangle Park. She thinks. Well, hang on, Karen. Tell Dave what you just told me. I, I believe. First of all, say good day, Dave.
3: Hi,
4: Dave. Hey, how Karen, you going? How are you?
0: Good thing you go. to your fellow
3: truck driver here as well.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Yep. Um, I believe that if you love somebody, you show them every day, and you don't need to buy things for them. It's how you treat them and how you just do, like, little things, like write a little note here or, you know, you don't need to wait for Valentine's Day when everything's jacked up and, you know, overpriced and wasting money on stuff like that.
0: Karen was telling me, Dave, she thinks Valentine's Day is a waste of money. Dave? Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah, but it's it's not it's it's a special day and it should be treated in a special way. It's just like I'm not yeah, I'm not romantic. I'm not
0: romantic, <laughs> but you know. Um, yeah, I think you, you are, Dave. Dave, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> don't say you're not romantic. I think you are.
2: I don't hold hands or nothing like that. I'm you know a bit of a rough and oh, ready sort super... of fella, but, but yeah. Um, See, yeah, that's the little things. <laughs> you know, um, Mandy's been a bit off. I hadn't been well for. For a while, you know, on and off for different different things and I'm like, oh, no, nah, this year seems special to me, so um and yeah. every Valentine's Day I'll get her some flowers or something like that. So whether it's service station or someone suggests i go to cemetery and pinch them, but no one will whinge <laughs> at me. But I didn't I didn't want to do that. Uh, I, I thought I'd just swing in the servo and buy some.
0: Can I yeah, can I tell you lovely. can I let you both in <laughs> can I let you both in on a dreadful secret?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. When I had this restaurant in Bathurst, a friend of mine was in charge of the parks and gardens, right? Yep. And it was his job to send his workers out, and they would pick up the flowers that had been there too long. Now I don't know what the rule was. He, he, he used to. It was the artificial flowers, the expensive silk roses, right? Yes, yep. yes. And they used to have to go and clean up the. And the ones that were in good condition, he used to bring around. We used to put them on the, and we used to put them in vases on our tables.
2: Oh my I'll, god, I'll, Is that I'll, bad? Let you, I'll let you in for a little secret. Is that a bad I'm, thing? I
0: gotta get it off my chest. Get going. Yeah.
2: I'll give you Mandy had thyroid cancer about fourteen years ago. And we had to go to Royal, Royal Prince of Wales, have a thyroid removed. Yeah. I was with my daughter and that. We were driving from the motel I was we staying. And I seen this pile of rubbish. And out the front was this beautiful balloon, had hey, get well soon. I thought, that'll do. See, it's I, the thought that counts. She doesn't I know got,
12: about
0: it, I, so it's the I grabbed that, that balloon
2: from that pile of rubbish and took it to her uh, um, hospital, and she loved it.
0: Oh no! At least it wasn't under a telegraph pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh. All right, I'll get you on. I've got to ring the other driver up now. So,
0: see you, Dave. Good luck. I don't, you don't need good luck. You, you, you. Bye. I, I, I love your story, Dave, and give our love to Mandy. Okay. Bye
2: and bye. bye, Karen. Bye, Luke. Bye. And it's safe travels, so.
0: Dave. Karen, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Bye-bye. See, we bring people together here on The Night Shift on Triple M. You know, if it's green and it grows, you've heard this, you know you'll love Swift Grow. We have uh, a a hole in, uh, in the fence that uh, divides our property to the park opposite. We've got a hibiscus, and there's a little gap in the hibiscus, and it's really annoying um, that people can look through. And so um, – while Nikki's trying to train this hibiscus to cover the hole, she got a thing called a tiger grass plant. Look it up. It looks like a bamboo. It has grown a foot in a week. Because uh, when she planted it in the garden, she put swift grow all over it, and she put swift grow all over it about two days later, and then again another day later. And it's grown a foot and we were really worried that it wouldn't work because we were concerned it doesn't get enough light because it's shaded by bougainvillea over the top and this hibiscus either side it's grown a foot and it's done its job it's covered the whole and we put it down to swift grow it's the amazing organic barramundi fertilizer everyone's raving about it it's it, they sell it overseas in god how many countries the united states throughout europe the united arab emirates it's everywhere it is 100% organic. It's Barramundi Fertiliser. And here is the best deal. Five-litre bottle for just 120 bucks. Free delivery anywhere in Australia. If it's green and it grows, you will love Swift Grow. Good morning to you, Joe. I know you're overseas, and the other day you sent me a lovely message. Um, and uh, so you're obviously listening live somewhere. Where are you? I hope the trip's going well, brother. Joe, who... Uh, we met on this program four and a bit years ago and he rang up for the quickie. And now, Nicky and I, we feel part of his family. He's got two beautiful daughters, Izzy and Montana, and Emily, his wife. And Montana does all the orders. So when you go online, she'll look after you. If it's green and it grows, you will love Swiftgrow. Swiftgrow.com.au. Hey, good day, Tim. Yeah, g'day, Luke. How you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm okay. I've got the I got a new quickie coming up in 23 minutes. Oh, happy days, mate. No, 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 no. I think it's going to be the quickest quickie ever. I think it's going to go off within five minutes.
9: So you, you think someone's going to be out there and then it's going to go pop, mate? They're on
0: it. It will go pop. Yeah, it, Thomas usually is a fairly hard task master when it comes to the quickie. But I think today he's let his guard down. And I think this is the easiest one. But anyway, we'll find out. Are you a Pearl Jam fan? Oh, I am, mate, yeah. Okay, we've got Pearl Jam. We have a worldwide Pearl Jam announcement to make in 22 minutes as well. I've got to wait till three o'clock, apparently.
9: Oh, nice, mate. Well, that's all right. Three in the morning. Beautiful.
0: Now, Timmy Boy, tell me your story. What's up?
9: Okay, it's Jim, first of all, Luke. And um, I'm, 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 I live in Adelaide, mate. And, yeah. uh, you know, it came over the radio, I think it was yesterday, or whenever, whenever they bought out about the ham and. Ham and, uh, to- and cheese over in Perth, over in Western Australia?
0: That's right. They've banned it. They've banned the, the ham and cheese toasted sandwich in tuck shops in WA. They reckon that it's no good. You've
9: got a source of protein in the ham.
0: Mm.
9: It doesn't matter it's process of what it is, mate. And anyway, we don't worry about Western Australia. We worry about South Australia here, mate. Not oh, now the you've got the, your own... fairy bread,
0: mate. The fairy bread in South Australia. You, it, 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 there was a ban... The, the nanny education officials, the oh, South the South Australian Education Department has said that sprinkles should not be provided or supplied at any of the state's public schools under their right bite healthy food and drinks guidelines that is just absolute. It's ridiculous, sa- mate. Now, they're saying, look, these are just guidelines. It's not a ban. It's not a steadfast rule. These are our guidelines. Now, look, there, are, there's so much stuff that our kids can eat that's bad, but a treat every now and then is okay, isn't it? So, And, and that's what fairy bread is, mate. It's,
9: it's a for treat. for little kids, mate, to have a look at it and think that they're fairies, mate. Follow the unicorns, mate and try and live the dream while they still can when they're young, mate. What the government wants to do is they want to take that away from the kids and just get them all in the line and say, you need to do this, you need to do this, and this is what we're telling you we're going to do, and this is how it's going to work. Mm. It's just wrong, mate. Um, the the the, the House government over here is just, it's just out of control.
0: Well, it's not just they, you, mate. It's not just you, Tim. Let me just tell you this. Um, we have in New South Wales and Queensland and Victoria, we have yep. parents... Who pack their kids' lunchboxes and it's still and, and with all the care in the world, and the lunchboxes still come home with a note from somebody at the school saying, please refrain I'll give you an example. We noticed that you provided chocolate cake for your son. Please refrain from packing chocolate cake. It's um it's not nutritious. And it could have nuts in it. Yes. Yeah,
9: I get the whole allergy thing, and, 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 and there's people out there that can't have different. But at the end of the day, it's a treat for, let's say, my son or my daughter, if I put something in the lunchbox, mate, mm-hmm. to say, hey, have a great day at school. Mm-hmm. Go and enjoy yourself. So for someone to turn around and put a note in, in the lunchbox and send her home, oh, look, uh, I think I'd see bread, Luke.
0: The, the the day is coming where we'll have a school principal or an or someone within the education department that will be vegan or an animal an animal rights activist and they'll ban any meat you watch I'm surprised they haven't already banned white bread' I th- oh,
9: wow I mean the minute they do that and they sort of they sort of cut out all that sort of stuff out of out of people's lunch.
2: Yeah.
0: They're just creating problems. Well, they're trying to tell parents how to run their families. Yeah. Is is it because some parents are dills and don't have the brains to pack a healthy lunch? Well, well,
9: I think normally, you know, the rule of thumb is that the the, the, the majority, not the mon- oh sorry, the mon- the minority of people that, that cause these problems are, are taken over the world. The majority do the right thing.
0: You're right. They're taking they over the world. It. Yeah. They're taking over the world. Let me ask our listeners, one triple three five three. Are you a parent that's ever had a note come home in a school bag or a lunch telling you you've done the wrong thing? What is it that you did wrong? If, if, if you've got time, quickly give me a call. Let me know. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Look, Jim, I'm with get you. Him, fairy get bread. Call, look. We know that fairy bread isn't nutritious, but it's yep. a treat. It's, it's, a, it's something you have every now and then.
9: Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. It's a treat to say, okay, well, look, look, look let's live the dream. Let's try and, uh, and and dream as much as we can as little kids. Because yeah. I don't know who you know, it's mainly mm-hmm. the little kids in the world that are eating fairy bread.
0: Yeah, yeah.
9: I mean, I, mean, I myself don't mind a bit of fairy bread every now and again. Um,
0: I, I just I tell you, I love, do you know what I love? And, I, and something I remember very fondly from uh, childhood birthday parties, I love cocktail frankfurt's dipped in tomato sauce.
9: Oh, Luke, we've uh, got them over here in, in, in Coles and Woolies. You can buy them, put them in the oven, mate, and off you go. And they're actually wrapped in pastry, mate. Dip them in sauce and off you go.
0: Do you remember footy franks? Did you have footy yeah. franks?
9: Yeah, yeah, they were sensational too, mate. Hey, listen. So, there's so many good things out there that you can... Wait, mate, they'll be banned soon. They'll be banned.
0: They will. Guess what's making a comeback? I've got some news for you.
9: Here we go. What do you got, Luke?
0: The poly Waffle. The poly Waffle's coming back. The Polly
9: Waffle's coming back. One of the boys just screamed out from across the across the hall. There, mate. Um, only in bites, though, not the full polywaffle.
0: No, it's not. It's but it's it's similar. Why did the polywaffle go?
9: I don't know. I think. Oh, actually, hang on, mate. I think maybe it's too many people did too many pranks and took it out of its packet and dropped it in a pool and had it floating around, mate. And, uh, <laughs> now you hear me, aren't you?
0: No, that was that was the, <laughs> the chiquito.
9: Oh, and a polywaffle too, mate. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, back in the I day, found I, think, mate. I found
0: the story. Here it is. Okay, this this is exclusively for you. Um, uh, did you say Jim? Jim, yeah, Jim. I called you Tim. Sorry. No, no, that's all right, mate. Jim, uh, Jim, Jim,
9: little Jimmy Burridge. They call little me Jim, mate.
0: little Jimmy. Little Jimmy Osmond. Here it yes, is. Go on. After years of endless promises, the beloved Polly Waffle is finally making its comeback, but not as you may have hoped. The chocolate bar. Which featured wafer, marshmallow, and chocolate hasn't been in production since it was discontinued by Nestle back in 2009. But in 2019, South Australian confectioner Robert Menz shared plans of its return after signing a deal to buy the brand for an undisclosed sum. Do you know Robert Roburn Menz? R O B E R N, Robin Menz. Right. We need to get Roburn men's. We,
9: we need to get
0: to, We need to get, get Roburn Men's R O B E R N men's South Australian confectioner.
9: Yep, get him on the line. Get him on the
0: line, find out what's what's going on with the polywaffle. Anyway.
9: I think so. And get it back full full strength, full size, full everything, mate. Exactly. None of these bite little bits, mate. We need South to, Australia, to bring all the good stuff back, I think, mate.
0: South Australia is famous for lots of things. You had the car manufacturing. You have Co- you got Cooper's beer. Yep, I'm going to talk to Melanie Cooper. I've, I've recorded a conversation with Melanie Cooper. She's one of the few great Australian manufacturers that has knocked back an overseas takeover bid and has continued as an Australian-owned company. It's, she's, it's a great story. Anyway, yeah, wow. Well. Getting back to Roburn Benz. In 2019, South Australian confectioner Roburn Ben shared plans of its return after signing a deal to buy the brand for an undisclosed sum. Plans were thwarted due to COVID as the pandemic and its subsequent lockdowns meant that Menz was hit with delays, including a, d- yep. a delay to a $1 million cash injection from the federal government's $50 million manufacturing modernisation fund Designed to support small to medium manufacturing businesses. Anyway, yep. he's going to bring back the polywaffle, but it's not the way we thought. It, no, nope. it's polywaffle it, bites.
9: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, one of the boys described it. It was only it's only bites. So I think he, I think, I think he likes uh, lo- likes a polywaffle. Um, yeah, yeah. So if they brought him back full strength, full size, mate, I think he'd uh, he'd be a happy man. Jason, he be, be, he'd be pretty happy with
0: that. Okay, but you've got to ask yourself, why did it go? Obviously, people stopped yeah. buying it. So why, why would you bring back something that no one wanted? That's the question you've got to ask yeah, yourself.
9: Yeah, and, 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 and that's the problem with a lot of little things that, that, that are going by the wayside because people can't afford them or or, 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 or you know, the cost of living or or you just can't get out to find them, you know, in your local shop or...
0: Yeah, yeah. so wh- why did the poly Waffle stop selling? That's yeah. the that's the question. That's here. the
9: big question, and that's why we need to, we need to ask... Yeah. Yeah, ask, ask old man men's and find out exactly what the goal is.
0: Roburn Men's, yeah, we Roburn need to... Mens. I'll get him on. I'll get him on, don't you worry. have got it good on you, Luke. Good on you, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time, mate.
9: Oh, can I give the boys Because uh, 'cause we're working down at Harbour Town here, mate, in Adelaide, South Australia. Of course. Get the nice the nice ship crew a bit of a yeah, bit of a call out on Jaden over there. We got uh, we got Jason over here, we've got Derek in the corner. And uh, and yeah, look mate, we're going hard here.
0: How, what's the average age of people you work with?
9: Okay, so the range is from 52... What are you, young man, yeah, 24? 22. Yeah, 22 He is the
0: young guy. Okay, I want to do a quick poll. Yep. Okay, I was just going to write this down. Where are you? Who are you? Where do you work? All right, we're at Harbour Town, mate. Uh, Harbour Town. In Norway, South Australia. Harbour Town,
9: yeah. And what do you do? Uh, we're roofers, mate. Huh? Roofers.
0: Roofers, we put okay. on roofs and canopies okay. and... Okay, amongst your work crew... Yep. How many think Valentine's Day is worth the money and the effort, and how many are going to ignore it?
9: I think, uh, how many of you boys reckon Valentine's Day is a good thing, mate, and you're going you're to go with it? I know you did, uh, Derek, because if you got your missus something, didn't you? What about you, young man, Jaden? Oh, I reckon probably
0: what is you know, mate, there's
9: a few married guys, so I, I reckon maybe a quarter, a quarter of the crew.
0: A quarter of the crew are going to go to an effort.
9: They'll go to an effort by their, by, by their spouses, their wives, their partners, you know, some flowers or, or some chocolate or
0: something. Okay. Only a quarter?
9: Only a quarter, mate. Ah. I know. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of those things that, that that have fallen by the wayside, I think, like a lot of stuff, that um, maybe they might go out for dinner. But, you know, it's not a Valentine's dinner. It's just, we'll go out for a Stitzel down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that, mate. <laughs> 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 but they still get something, Luke, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, they, yeah, 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 they're still, yeah, they still expecting something. Okay. Hey, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Call back any well, You are an
9: absolutely legend, Luke, and uh, it's been great talking to you, young man.
0: Good talking to you too, mate. Bye-bye. Only a quarter of Jim's workers there, the roofers down at Harbour, wherever it was down in Adelaide, uh, are going to an effort here today on Valentine's Day. Is Valentine's Day a crock? Is it a commercial rip off is it just a way to sell flowers, chocolates and cards or is it worth it? Are you going to an effort? 1-333-5-3 is the telephone number. This is the night shift on triple M. Poison. Here on the night shift. David's in Coffs Harbour. Good day, Dave.
11: Yeah, mate, how are you? I'm good.
0: Thanks for waiting on. You got a story for me?
11: Yeah, mate, I sure do. I've got a couple actually, mate. Um, yeah. just just to start with, mate. Um, I heard you were talking about like ladies and men's toilets earlier.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's a problem. It's a national problem, according to my missus, that uh, whenever she's somewhere that's busy, she, especially interval at a at a show, she says the women cannot get in, and you miss the, you miss the beginning of the second half of the show because the line-up for the women's toilet is ridiculous because there's only a few cubicles, yep?
11: Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct, mate. They do need to put more cubicles, but hmm. one thing I find a lot of the time is, too, a lot of the ladies do some disturbing things in there and leave some disturbing stuff, which a lot of the ladies then don't go into the toilet after.
0: Uh, now, what's your insight into women's toilets? Uh, what do you do for a living?
11: I, I work. At, I'm a fuel station
0: attendant at the moment. Okay, and like, okay, like, you're you're someone I want to talk to. I had a call, or it was it an email, from a service station operator who told me that the women's toilets at his servo are much worse than the men's. the women do terrible things in there. That, is that true?
11: Yeah, mate. Of course it is. Look. The easiest way to describe it is like men, they're disgusting and all, but like the worst a man normally does is maybe, you know, like peas on the floor. But yeah. with women's toilets, they do a lot worse. Like you you'll find that like ladies, you know, self stationary things just lying all over the ground and you'll see they've they've gone and peed everywhere and they've left yeah pads and tampons and things all but around. But you have a
0: disposal unit for, for the, the sanitary products, don't you?
11: Yeah, we sure do, mate. But mate, they, are you
0: saying that they don't use the disposal? They put them on the floor?
11: Yeah, mate, 90% of them put it in, but then there's that, 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 that few one or two people that come in and just throw it on the ground, and it's, it's absolutely disgusting, mate, especially when, you know, you've got to go in and pick it up. It's just something you don't want to do, but you have to.
0: Is it a cultural thing?
11: Oh mate, look, I'm not. A- why do
0: why are women pissing all over the floor? Is is, is it uh, some cultures? Because you've act, I've actually seen signs in toilets explain with with signs explaining that in Australia we sit on the seat and not squat on it with our feet on the seat. So is it is it a cultural thing?
11: Oh mate, I, honestly, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe so. Like I think. I think it's a lot of people just find and think that them toilets don't get cleaned as regularly as they really do. Mm. Some service stations I've worked in, they might only clean it maybe once or twice a day, but a few of them I've worked out at the same time, clean them, you know, like every hour, every half an hour.
0: Stay there, David. Uh, Sam, good morning. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. David's from Coffs Harbour. He's on the other line. He works at a service station. He's saying that women's toilets... Are left in a worse condition than the men's toilets. You're a nightclub manager, Sam. Is that correct?
13: Uh yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. What's your story?
13: Uh yeah. So I used, um back before I was managing, I used to be one of the light like, floor staff that go and do like the glass flaking and all that sort of jazz. And uh, yeah, the girls' toilets were always by far um, in a worse state than the men's at the end, of, like throughout the night, end of the night.
0: What's going oh, like, on?
13: In, in the blokes' toilets, like you might have broken glass, maybe. Like pissed on the floor, bit of vomit. That's that, That's the worst you'd ever get. Get in the bloke so toilets. Then you go to the women's toilets, and the like mirrors might be smashed up. There might be like uh, yeah, tampons new, or new on the floor. Like um, toilet paper everywhere. Why? And the We're, toilet seats ripped off. Ladies
0: of Australia, phone through and tell us what's going on. Why am I hearing that the women's toilets in pubs, clubs, and servos are in worse condition than the males? I really thought it'd be the other way around because um, I've raised girls and I've raised a son. My son, when he was, he was a filthy little pig. Um, Why are the the toilets worse in the women's? I have no idea. David, say hello to Sam. Hey, Sam.
11: How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good
0: thing. So, so you both agree?
11: Yeah,
13: absolutely. Yes. Certainly, yes.
0: What do you put it down to? Anyone?
13: Oh uh, uh, well, with nightclubs, Matt, um, it might be just because, like, yeah, when we do catch people having sex, like instead of taking it home, it is normally in the girls' toilets. But, um, like, um, if you catch people in the same people in the men's toilets, it's normally because they're indulging in substances that um, <laughs> aren't sold over the bar, but, um. <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't explain it mate. yeah it's
0: very very strange one triple three five three is the telephone number I don't understand it. I'll tell you a story David and Sam yep uh, yeah Thomas when Nicky and I went down to Launceston last this is last year when when, when did we go down June was that when I was off anyway, we're staying at this great pub in Launceston. And uh, I've forgotten the name of it. Had a big beer garden, had live music out there. We, We stayed in the pub. The rooms were great. Anyway, Nikki goes to the toilet, which was just off the beer garden. And she comes back. And she got involved in a conversation with two other girls that were at the next table in the beer garden. Do you know what they found? They found a pregnancy test kit. Uh like the plastic stick. It was on the floor of the toilet. So it wasn't even put in the bin. And and wait, 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 wait. This is a true story. And the result on it was positive. Oh, Oh. Who goes to a toilet in Launceston to do their pregnancy test? And what, and it was lying on the floor. So we, we were trying to work out was it good news or bad oh, news was it thrown on the floor in um frustration or was it thrown up in the air in celebration <laughs> but it was a it was a plastic <laughs> pregnancy test that someone had put it just peed on and it was it was on the floor of the women's one of the women's cubicles and it was positive gentlemen i'm after some comments
13: oh mate oh that's <laughs> that was the worst i've heard like um
0: True. We've,
13: true story. Uh, Going in the women's toilets to um, find um, X-rated um, items that be, have been left behind, but yeah, that's pretty—that's pretty crazy. Pregnancy test. Yeah. Sorry,
11: Sam. Um, yeah, I, I, mate. Look, I find it sort of a thing. Like, you, you can't really decide whether someone—whether someone's decided and gone, oh well, shit, or or hell yeah, sort of thing. Like they've just left it there. It's sort of, sort of like yeah. you've got to. You just sort of got it. It's a thing in your head. You got to go yes or no. Like you can't really, you can't really read someone's mind. Sadly, it'd be good if you could. But yeah.
0: I'm not telling a lie. I am not telling a lie. And to Nikki and these two girls, they are much younger than us. Much, <clears throat> much, much younger than us. They were quite fun actually. Uh, they had just been to the trivia night and they they'd had a few champers and a few drinks and they were in good form. They were quite entertaining. And that's what everyone was talking about, the pregnancy test that they found in the women's cubicle. And it was positive. Dave and Sam, lovely to talk to you. I can't believe we're talking about this, but anyway, there you are.
13: Likewise, Lee. Have a good one.
0: Have a good one, Dave. Have a good one, Sam.
11: Thanks, Luke. See you, mate.
0: One, triple, one, triple three, five, three is the telephone number if uh, you want to be part of the program. <laughs> And the and the pregnancy. I'm te- um, Thomas. I'm not telling a word. of Like ask Nikki next time you see Nikki.
1: Do you reckon they were in a hurry? I don't know.
0: I honestly don't know, and we don't know whether because we we do know that the result was positive. But here's there are a number of questions here. Number one. Yes. Who has a pregnancy test in a pub toilet in Launceston? And one of the girls said maybe she went back to the place where it was conceived. <laughs> That's what she said. and I thought that was very funny. She said maybe she wanted to do the test at the place where it was conceived. Anyway, right. anyway and we don't, it was left on the floor and there was a, a bin there. So was it thrown up in the air in celebration or thrown to the ground in desperation? I'm telling you a true story, Thomas.
1: You know what scares me? Mm. I've had a few relationships. I've dated a few people. But I always, the mind wanders whenever I've dated someone and then you don't see them for a while and not long after they get with someone Mm. and they have a bun in the oven. Yeah, and they're pregnant. Yeah, Yeah. Well, you've got
0: to do the maths very quickly. Yes, you do. Yeah, but you would practice safe sex, wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, safe sex. That's when you have sex with yourself. <laughs> one triple, not quite. One triple three, one triple three. Which he'd be. Anyway, one triple three five three. If you do you snore, I'm I'm just going sideways here. If you snore and you know that you snore, or perhaps you are already using a CPAP machine, you can upgrade your CPAP snoring machine with my good friends at SOVE CPAP Clinic. S O V E. Sovay CPAP Clinic. This month, they're offering a $100 FPOS gift card when you purchase the latest ResMed AirSense 11 auto set and mask package. It's 24% smaller, 10% lighter than its predecessor. The AirSense 10 is packed with a lot of new tech. And this offer is available only at Sovay CPAP Clinic. It ends February 29. Stop snoring with Sovay. Just get in touch with them today and say, look, I heard it with Luke. I either want to upgrade my CPAP machine or I need to get tested. If you need to be tested, they can organise it for you and they can organise bulk billing. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions for use. When considering whether CPAP is right for you, speak to your doctor. We have a huge Paul Jam announcement to make in just a second and also... Coming right up, the quickie. Okay, we've got a little bit to do here, Thomas, okay? We'll do the quickie first.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Shall we do
0: the quickie first?
1: Yeah, knock it over. Get it out of the way. And then
0: we'll do our Pearl Jam announcement. Sounds good to me. All right. Now, the quickie, uh, this is one of Thomas's easiest ones, I think. But uh, more importantly, what do you think? If you can tell me the name of this song and the artist, you've won a Triple M T-shirt. Here is today's quickie. It sounds like... This. Mm. No clue today. You'll get a clue tomorrow if it doesn't go off, but I reckon it'll go off before the sun gets up. Before the kookaburras start laughing.
1: In his old gum tree.
0: What song is that? Who's the artist? One triple three five three is the telephone number. Now, Thomas, we've got Pearl Jam news.
1: We do. Uh, what you're about to hear has been embargoed up until three am this right morning. Right now, it's a new song that on a from a new album by Pearl Jam. The album is called Dark Matter, and this is the title track of that album.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now, before I play you the song, Triple M is presenting Pearl Jam live on their Dark Matter World Tour. Special guests, the Pixies. And they are touring Australia this November. And you can register for your tickets at pearljam.com.au. Now, ticket presale registration period today, Wednesday the 14th of February, through until Sunday the 18th of February, which means you can go online right now and get your Pearl Jam tickets. They're on the Gold Coast. November, Wednesday 13th at Heritage Bank and November 2024. um, Sorry, it's just that, Wednesday the 13th at Heritage Bank Stadium. They will be in Melbourne on Saturday the 16th of November at Marvel Stadium and they'll be in Sydney on Thursday the 21st of November at Giant Stadium. Pearl Jam, touring Australia in November Wednesday the 13th in the Gold Coast, Melbourne, Saturday the 16th, and Sydney, Thursday the 21st of November. Now, Pearl Jam's 12th studio album. It's called Dark Matter. And here it is, released now. The album's title track is available now on pearljam.com, but I'm about to play it for you. And in 2023, the band retreated to Shangri-La Studios in Malibu, where they simply plugged in and played under the watch of producer Andrew Watt. So here it is, a brand new album and a brand new title track and the announcement of Pearl Jam, thanks to Triple M, touring in November. Gold Coast, Wednesday the 13th. Melbourne, Saturday the 16th. And Sydney, Thursday, the 21st of November. Register your tickets at pearljam.com. You can do it now. The gates are open. And here, folks, for the first time ever, is the brand-new Pearl Jam song. It's the title track from their new album, Dark Matter. And you're hearing it first. Where? Triple M. There it is. You heard it first here on the Night Shift on Triple M, Dark Matter, the title track from Pearl Jam's new album. And we've just announced that Pearl Jam are touring in November, thanks to Triple M. Triple M presenting Pearl Jam live on their Dark Matter World Tour. Special guests, the Pixies. Those dates again, Gold Coast, Wednesday 13th of November, Heritage Bank Stadium at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, Saturday the 16th of November, and at Giant Stadium in Sydney, Thursday the 21st of November. This year, Pearl Jam, thanks to Triple M, and you just heard their brand-new song, Dark man, I like it. I like it, Thomas. 133353. The Quickie sounds like this. I need the name of the song. I need the name of the artist. One triple three five three. Have a crack. Sam, hello.
12: Good morning, Luke. How you going, mate? I'm
0: very good, Sam. Where are you?
12: Uh, I'm in Dandenong South at the moment, southeast suburbs of Melbourne.
0: And what do you do? How come you're up?
12: I run my own cleaning business. So I started at about one o'clock this morning. Have we
0: spoken before?
12: Yeah, we have. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, tell me this. Um, did you get uh, – were you blacked out with power last night?
12: Well, funnily enough, before I got on to Valentine's Day, I just wanted to say people need to be really careful on the roads. We didn't lose power, but there's so many chunks of suburbs on my in my travels in the southeast that are just black. Yeah. Police directing traffic. Trees down, SES desperately trying to get roads clear. It's just bedlam with that wind. We had come through yesterday; it was nuts.
0: So be very, very careful. It's eerie yes, when that happens, careful. isn't it? When you when you're used to street lights, when these things happen, it's yeah. It looks it is. It looks really, really eerie, doesn't it?
12: Yeah. I went in my first job. I went in and they were completely without power. So I've gone in and there's probably fifty or sixty trucks. Not a single light in any of the car. All the toilets off. The factory off. All I had to do was clean toilets and go, but it's really creepy when a place that should be lit up like Christmas has not a single light on.
0: For those who are just waking up, maybe you're in darkness if you're one of our many Triple M Melbourne and Victoria listeners, Uh, Victoria's largest coal-fired power generator. It suffered a major outage yesterday. It sent the state's electricity system into chaos. Hundreds of thousands of people have been left without electricity. I've heard from plenty this morning. All four units at the Loy Yang A power station in southeastern Victoria went offline yesterday afternoon according to the Australian Energy Market Operator. They reported shortly after 1 yesterday a significant power system event before revealing it was investigating the cause of the outage in a statement that came through at 3:30 yesterday. But they reckon more than half a million homes lost their power. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? It's unbelievable. Nuts. I had callers earlier this morning from people with their generators going. Those people lucky enough to have a generator. The rest, I just feel so bad about all the food that goes off, you know? Mm,
12: There's
0: a lot of waste, that's for sure. Anyway, AEMO, A E M O, otherwise known as the Australian Energy Market Operator, they're looking into it. But i got a funny feeling that this sort of thing's going to happen more as we continue to let coal-fired power stations run down we don't service them, and we're shutting them down. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's all about renewables, but they're not ready yet. But uh, we can't afford to neglect the coal-fired power stations that are, are up and running because that's what most people survive on. Anyway, Sam, what did you want to say? Yes.
12: I actually rang up about what I like to call Hallmark Day rather than Valentine's Day. It
0: is Hallmark Day. Well, hang on. It used to be. But I don't think, because of the internet now, I don't know if many people still go into a post office or a, a news agent and buy cards, do they?
12: Oh, look, I bleed at paying 6 or $7 for a card. So I will go to the $2 shops and find funny little cards for the family and friends there. But otherwise, I'll just get cards, Christmas, birthday, stuff like that, special occasions. I just tend to get cards in bulk from the, from the shops that have those little $2 packs for 10 But... When it comes to Valentine's Day, seven bucks for a card. Mm
7: -hmm. The chocolates
12: are bumped up. If you're lucky, you can get them on special at Coles or Woolies. Don't start me on the flowers. My other half will get flowers (laughs) for me randomly throughout the year. And I said to him straight up, don't bother with flowers around Valentine's Day. They mark them up to the absolute max. Mm -hmm. They don't last. My view on Valentine's Day, people want to celebrate it. That's great. But I would much rather put... The 100 bucks or 150 that we would spend on a night out of the restaurant shouting at each other and being shunted out the door for the next people to come in. Yep. I'd much rather just do a meal at home. Last year we did, I did rather, because my other half enjoyed it but didn't cook it. I surprised him with a surf and turf platter at home. Yeah. This year we've got some lobster, some scallops, oh. and he, he asked for some... Mussels in white wine sauce. So yeah. that's what we're doing tonight, and I've got a cheesecake that I made on the weekend. Everything you're oh, having is me.
0: Sam, can I marry you?
12: you can rock up as you want. No.
0: <laughs> Sam, everything you're having tonight is me on the platter. Sam, I reckon you've got it, and I reckon just doing random things out of love from time to time is, is the go. However, um, I've never been one to be by to be manipulated by these sort of holidays, except maybe Christmas where where we do get presents, but only now for immediate family because th- things are too tight.
12: Absolutely. I mean, I, I just look at it and I think you can get in and out and shunt it out of a restaurant or a pub or a club. But more to the point, my tight-ass factor kicks in and I sit there and I think I could put that money on doing stuff at home on the night and enjoy the night at home. And it's the middle of the week. I'm not going to go out when I start at 1 in the morning in the middle of the week and have a nice night out. There's 52 other weekends of the year you've got 365 yeah. other days of the year. Yeah. Pick a day where you're not going to be crowded with every other one, every other couple. If it was a nice warm day, we might go to the beach or do something outside, but I don't understand buying such overinflated crap. And don't get me wrong, if I saw a teddy at the shops that I thought was cute and reasonably priced, I would get it. But I'm not going to go out and go psycho on it. And I'd be very disappointed if I came home to find crazy amounts of flowers and balloons and all that sort of crap. That's you know, show it in other ways. Put your money towards something else. I just don't understand how commercialised it's gotten. It's people make a big deal out of it. I'm like, you've got plenty of other weekends of the year, people. Plenty of other nights.
0: Spread the love out. Thomas is asking. The
12: restaurants every other day of the year.
0: I'd say I tell you what. Thomas is asking. Do you put emphasis on wedding anniversaries?
12: Um, look, I, I was previously married for eight years and I tried and the person I was with, he didn't really put much effort into birthdays, Christmases, there was always a fight or an argument around it. So not really, I didn't then, but for this relationship I do, but this relationship is a lot healthier than the last one.
0: I would hope so. (laughs) Absolutely. I would hope so, Sam. Well, Sam, you could be caller of the week. You could well be caller of the week. Valentine's Day. Is it a hoax, folks? Are you going to expense? Are we being pressured? Is it something that we, you know, to each their own, to each their own. 13353, Sam is saying save the money instead. I tell you what, Sam, I hate being shuffled into a restaurant at a certain time and being told that I have to leave at a certain time I don't go to restaurants that do that it's it's when they have the sitting times and if oh, you yeah. you got to be in by six but you have to be out by seven thirty
12: I hate that yeah. yeah i don't if you want if you want to spend all night in the restaurant ordering coffees and drinks and things like that then that's fine you should be allowed to I get how busy they get it at restaurants on Valentine's Day. And it, nothing annoys me more than trying to talk with the person that I love, but having to shout over everyone else in the restaurant.
0: Just well, the rest, it and be done with it. Well, the restaurant I owned, we, we changed premises a couple of times. The first time when I bought into this restaurant, it was a standalone in a beautiful old Victorian terrace house, and there was a bottle shop right next door. We were unlicensed. It was BYO. But the bottle shop, Bath was right next door. And then we moved because the owner wanted the building back and we moved within a hotel. So once again, we were unlicensed, but the pub got the grog sales, the wine and grog sales. So when they'd finished their dessert and had their last cup of coffee, I hated people hanging around because I had people wanting to come in and sit at those tables, but people used to sit and drink beer and ports and ports. Yeah, if you've...
12: No, if you bring it in from next door, that's a bit rich to sit there and take up table space when you guys could be utilising no, that but when for we were table.
0: But when we were within the hotel, the pub used to uh, enjoy the grog sales.
12: Oh, absolutely.
0: And, and so, yeah, anyway, I'll never do it again. I will never, ever do it again. It's the worst time of my life. Anyway, Sam, to me,
12: it's like buying a boat. The, best, the first day you buy a boat's great, and so the second day that is great is the day you sell it, so I think the restaurant's the same thing.
0: Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, that's I've, true. I've heard
12: about your restaurant tales and I don't envy you. It, so it's, it's a hard business to make a, to make a cut in.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and, the, and the other thing is, folks, if you're thinking about buying a restaurant, do not ever, ever do it unless you're the chef. If you are relying on somebody else's skill for your reputation, you're at their beck and call. And they know you; they've got you by the short and curlies. Um, now, nah, if you if you think you're a good chef, if you think you're a good cook, well, go right ahead. Trust your arm and open a restaurant. But when you rely when when the main when your main product is in the hands of someone else that you're employing, and they call the shots, it can be hell. And the other thing is, y- your stock is perishable. It's not like a bookstore where you can have a special you know a special bin. You got to sell that stock because it's perishable. Sam, I've, God, yeah. I've been I've been depressing on Valentine's Day, haven't I?
12: Oh look, I've I've been a cynical shit about Valentine's Day since I was a teenager. I've never really been into it. I've I just look at it and think your money's somewhere else.
0: Hang on me. a second. Hang on a second, Sam. Peter's on the other line. Peter, Sam's there. You've heard what she's had to say. Your thoughts on Valentine's Day, Pete?
4: Yeah, mate, I don't I don't, uh, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Oh. I haven't for a very long time, but I, I married in, in February. Um, so I, I celebrate our wedding anniversary and my wife's birthday is 10 days after our wedding anniversary. So I just do them too.
12: And that's fair enough. Whatever works for whatever couple. Yeah. I've, I've got no problem if people want to celebrate it. I just think we've gone a bit overboard with all that. It's like the Australia day tat that comes out in shops. It's, it's cheap. It's made, made in China. It's probably five times the price of what it's actually worth. I mean, if people want to celebrate it, that's great, but you don't need a hell of a lot of money to, to celebrate it and have a good night. You certainly don't need to go out and spend a fortune on overpriced flowers. and.
0: Oh, dear, Sam. Common sense, Sam. P- uh, Peter and Sam, thank you for your time. That's all You're right. welcome, that's mate. Great. Good on you. We'll take a break. We'll come back. This is the night shift around Australia with the Triple M Network. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Hey, listen, here's a... Here's a thought for you. If you have children, are you struggling with the decision as to whether or not to send them to a co-ed school or a single-sex school? There is a massive debate going on right now around Australia because two of Australia's oldest established single-sex schools are now going co-ed, and it's got the debate going. Um, St Mary's Cathedral School and Newington, both saying no. We are going to put the boys and girls together. And more and more, single-sex schools are doing the same thing. And I suspect it's because of money. Why run two schools when you can run one? And the other – maybe one other thing is that a lot of people believe that the real world in which we live is co-ed. And when you segregate people, especially all the way from infant school through to the end of high school – you haven't got a balanced view on your, your peers and your colleagues should you be mixing with the members of the opposite sex from a much earlier age. Anyway, Dr. Michael Carr Gregg is Australia's foremost child psychologist. He's got some strong thoughts on this, and he'll join us shortly here on The Night Shift. Yeah, not bad for a flip side, was it? Not bad for a B side. It was the B side to forever now. <coughs> and I reckon... It's- <laughs> I reckon it's a bigger hit than than the A side. Uh, Cole Chisel, uh, some classic Cole Chisel here on the Night Shift with Luke Boner. 13353 is the telephone number. Uh, Plenty of people wanting to have their say. Hey, listen, uh, David Littleproud, leader of the Nationals, joining me next hour. What really happened with Barnaby Joyce and what's his future with the National Party? We'll have a a look at that. Is he okay? Does he he have a problem? Uh, Also, the deadly red fire ants that are marching around Australia. They got here somehow from South America, and these little bastards are deadly, absolutely deadly, and they could completely ruin our eco-culture. David Littleproud talks about our battle against this latest invader to Australia. I mean, we've had the cane toad. Well, we've had everything. We've had the cane toad, the rabbits, the foxes, you name it. And we're usually pretty good. I mean, we've we've tried our best to keep foot and mouth out, and we've gone to extraordinary lengths to keep foot and mouth out uh, after it was discovered in Indonesia in Bali. But these horrid ants are taking over vast tracts of land in Queensland, and they're marching towards New South Wales. What are we going to do about them? We'll find out about that in a sec. Around Australia on the Triple M Network, this is The Night Shift with Luke Boner. <laughs> the Night Shift. And the quickie. The quickie. Um, look, it sounds like this. Listen, Listen up, lean forward, eyes to the front. It sounds like this. Now, Thomas is going to say it could be anything. It could be anything. Thank you, Thomas. But I reckon it's a giveaway, but that's just me. Come on, Barrett. Mr. Smarty Pants, what do you make of this? No clue today. This is the first day of a brand new quickie. Everybody listening knows this. I reckon word perfect. I reckon everyone knows it word for word. I reckon you're right. Yep. Sounds like this. That's the latest quickie, One triple three five three. From <laughs> two, got a boner all night. Luke Boner, the night shift. Around Australia on the Triple M Network. Hey, if it's green and it grows, you will love Swift Grow. Wait till you see what it will do to your garden and your indoor plants and your pot plants. It puts a natural bacteria into the soil, a bacteria that we have spent 75, 80 years washing away with the wrong fertilisers. This is nature and it works. It's the amazing all organic barramundi fertiliser and everyone's raving about it all around the world. So this is the best deal yet. It's a five litre bottle of Swift Grow, 120 bucks and it goes a long, long way. You only put a little capful in 10 litres of water. So it goes such a long way and um, they're including free delivery Australia-wide. But don't trust me. I mean, people ring me and tell me about it like Brendan did. The way I explain it to anyone is
13: because obviously it's not a fertiliser as such. It's like steroids for plants. Hmm. But a few things that happen which I I still can't get my head around, and one of them is I've got roses, and not only does it make healthy roses, they smell nice, but the way that it's helped combat um, black spot. Yeah. And then apart from that, whether it be the grass, I've grown tomatoes, I've grown corn, I've got fruit trees.
0: It just goes on and on. Good on you, Brendan. He just rang up. He just rang up one day and said, I've got to tell you about this Swift Grow. I can't believe it. You won't believe it either. So just go online. Montana will look after you. Leave your details. Go online, swiftgrow.com.au. I'm particularly proud of it because we discovered it here on the night shift. And you've got Joe... The, the, uh, the microbiologist, the scientist that develops SwiftGrow. He's overseas right now. I can't tell you much more. But he's overseas visiting countries who have approached him and said, we want SwiftGrow on our crops. And so that's what he's doing right now. Um, SwiftGrow.com.au. Quick break. Be back. Just a, a quick look at the capital city weather forecast for today. Uh, Perth, sunny. And 37, but look at this, Perth, 42 degrees expected tomorrow, Thursday. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 24, 27 tomorrow. It should get up to 33 on Saturday. Melbourne, a cloudy day today, 20 degrees, partly cloudy, 22 tomorrow. Hobart, partly cloudy, 20 degrees. The weekend is going to be okay in Hobart, Friday, Saturday, 26. Uh, Canberra. Possibly showers and storms for the rest of the week twenty seven today Sydney showers and storms thirty expected today. showers increasing is the forecast for thursday sydney twenty five and it'll, it'll get up to twenty eight degrees on Saturday is what the bureau's saying today. Uh, Newcastle, good morning. showers and storms today thirty three degrees. Brisbane partly cloudy thirty one. And uh, Darwin, possibly storms and heavy falls, 31 degrees expected today. So that's a quick look at what's happening around our capital cities. Today, Valentine's Day. Is it a wank? Is it a waste of time? Is it a waste of money? I've got, it's a fairly even poll this morning, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Did I ever tell you about my first Valentine's Day?
0: Go on. It's
1: so in year twelve. Imagine it's a speckled young yes, Thomas,
0: like you are now, except maybe a little bit shorter.
1: Yeah, probably. Mm. I there was someone I fancied. It. didn't know whether I should or not. But year twelve. What was her name? Shani. Uh, we. Uh, mm. I bought her a a cabri Roses, or whatever they are, and, and a, a few things of flowers, and sheepishly. I think as she was uh, leaving, because in year 12, you could have uh, periods here and there. So as she was leaving, I quickly went up and gave them to her. And we're still friends today.
0: But nothing happened?
1: Oh, experiments, but no.
0: Nah. Ooh. All right. Year 12. Year so 12. you would have been 17. 18. 17, 18. Year yeah. 12 was your first Valentine's Day present. And uh, was it worth it or not? Not really.
1: I mean, we've got a good friendship. Oh well, that's I'm the main thing. You that. get
0: all that trouble for a nice friendship, God. A schooner will do that. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, the quickie. It sounds like this. What is it, Luke? G'day, mate. I
11: think it's Jump by Van Halen.
0: It's a very good guess. It sounds like it. I thought it was too, but it's not, Luke. Uh, Mark at Coffs Harbour. What's the quickie? Smoke on the water. Oh. Yeah, I can kind of see that, but no, Mark. No, I'm very, very sorry. Someone will get it. Daniel, hello.
4: G'day, mate. How are you?
0: Good. What's the quickie?
4: Uh, diesel. of my tongue.
0: No. 13353. Now, I wanted to talk to Rod before I talked to David Littleproud. Rod, We were talking this morning about the ADF and how they're going to lower their physical standards because they are desperately in need of recruits. And they think that maybe if they make it a bit easier, do away with the push-ups, the sit-ups, the uh, the running, uh, they might get more recruits. What are your thoughts, Rod? Hi, Luke. How
6: are you going? Great. Um, I I, uh, I don't believe that's a good move because... uh, Physical fitness is a core thing for defence. It, it's what all your work is based on. You need your core strength, your upper body strength, just to do your job, whether it's...
0: Do you need that upper core... I, I agree. You would need that if you're in combat. If You would need it if you're picking up a weapon. But what if you're working on a truck? What if you're a mechanic? What if you're a, uh, an electrician?
6: You definitely need it for those kind of jobs as well. It's it's part and parcel of everything. And Defence isn't just about... Uh, those trades like you know, being a sparky or whatever, you've got that other job that you've got to do, which is to pick up that weapon, which is to put that pack on whether you're in the Air Force, Army, Navy you've got to do that That's uh, not not something that's optional and when you go away on deployment overseas or on exercise you are humping that pack you are carrying that rifle uh, you've got to have that core strength, that upper body strength just to do your job on any occasion it. yeah. and it's not
0: the yeah, well, it's even outside. Yeah. Um, Why like, well, do the you... What, the tell COVID. me... Sorry, it's a very bad line, and I wanted to ask your opinion, because you are ex-ADF. You're now retired. But uh, I, I have no idea. I need educating on all, all of this. Why are people leaving the ADF in the numbers they are? What's wrong? What, what's going on?
6: Look, there's a bunch of, th- bunch of reasons that you can point at. Uh, there's no one reason... Some of it is job uh, satisfaction isn't, isn't there. Some of it is the atmos- uh, the uh, atmosphere, I guess, the work atmosphere. It's quite poisonous, toxic in a lot of places. Uh, I joined the airports in 77. I was there for 42 years. Um, and I've seen a lot of changes go through. One of the changes, one of the biggest changes we had was in the 80s, Hawking side decided that permanent forces but to go from seventy-nine thousand back to fifty thousand, that has hurt the defence force over the years. Cutting us back like
0: that. Well, I read that the ADF currently has only about fifty-seven thousand personnel. They want to get it up to eighty thousand, and they don't know how to do it. And people are leaving faster than they can get recruits. Same thing with the Queensland police force, incidentally. People are leaving the Queensland police force in their droves too. I think that might be a different reason mainly based on frustration. I don't know. But uh, the ADF folks looking to lower the fitness and health uh, requirements to try and boost recruitment. And uh, Rod saying, not a good idea.
6: Lowering, lowering that, you can't train, you can't get the fit at recruits. Recruits is a limited time. You need to have a basic level of fitness just to go through recruits. Yeah. If, they, if they lower the level for them to come in... When they go through a recruit, you're going to end up with a lot of broken people. People just aren't going to make the cut, So they're going to end
0: up with a lot of, uh, dare I say the word, failure, right? which is what they don't want. Yeah. Now, as I say, it's not a great line, but we got there. And uh, Rod, lovely to hear from you in Townsville. Were you based in Townsville?
6: Uh, that's where I was when I retired. i yeah. living up there Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, I'm going to try. I'll try and ask you one more question because uh, I, I'd love to hear your opinion. There's more and more talk now about conscription because of the high levels of juvenile crime, and the ADF are looking at possibly having an army reserve that starts kids a lot earlier. Do you think that kids that have criminal records or kids who are about to do time in an adult jail would the army fix them or not? Big fat no. Uh, no
6: big conscription fat no. Is why? A big no-no. conscriptions are no no for starters. Uh, we've had referendums. We've had legislation on that for years. Uh, it doesn't work. People don't want to serve with conscripted soldiers in some way, in, mm. especially if they've been coming from uh, a life of crime. Mm. We want. There's certain things that we do want, but conscription's not going to work. And it's been proven that it doesn't
0: really work. Right, so somebody who's enlisted, a professional soldier, someone who's enlisted for all the right reasons, doesn't want to be in a, uh, I don't know, a barracks and training alongside someone who hates being there, they're there because they're told to be there. Is that what you're saying?
6: That's correct.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get that. Right, I wish we could talk again on another morning on a better line. Can we do that?
6: Oh, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep trying. This is the first time I've got through to
0: you and all the times I've tried. <laughs> I know, we're a very busy program. From the moment I open my gob at midnight, all our lines are, are full. So look, I do apologise, but I'm so glad you got through. I'll put you back to Thomas. And if you like, Thomas can give you a hotline or we can ring you tomorrow um, at a time that suits you on a better line. Would you like to do that? Yep. Stay there. Stay there, Rod. Rod, who's in Townsville, who retired at uh, Townsville. But uh, interesting to hear his thoughts on conscription. Big fat nope. Professional soldiers who are enrolled for the right reasons don't want to train or serve alongside someone who hates being there. And you know what? I kind of get that. Okay, I said that the quickie would go off before the kookaburras started laughing this morning. I'm going to stand by that. Tim, what's the quickie? I'll give everyone another listen. Here it is. What is it, Tim? I'll uh, switch on one guns and roses. No. Anthony. Hey, Matt, how are you? Whereabouts are you? I'm in Melbourne. Did you lose Powell yesterday?
4: Nah, I was all good.
0: Okay, lucky you. Good on you.
8: <laughs> um, the quickie. i got the quickie for you. Yeah, go. Uh, the Angels, am I ever going to see your face
0: again? No, 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 that's a very good guess. It's a very good guess, but no. Grant, good morning. Yes, good morning, Luke. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'd like to have a go at the uh,
4: quickie, please. Yes, yes. Uh, born in the USA by the boss,
2: Bruce Springsteen.
0: No. Colin, good morning. Hey, uh- Good, Colin. It's a bad line. What is it? Ah, uh,
4: love Shack B-52s.
0: No. Come on, we'll get a winner this morning. John, I'll give you another listen. What is it? I reckon it's Joe Cocker. You can leave your hat on. No, it's not. I'll try and get a winner. Before I leave you, we're going to talk motoring with James Ward from drive.com.au shortly. Yeah, vanity number plates. Um, what's the line between a bit of fun and something that's going to upset people? Offensive. You know, we're so I, that, that one that got through October 7th, seriously offensive. I don't know how the hell that got through. And there's no ambiguity surrounding what that one was about. But the, the leg opener one, was that offensive? Anyway, um... If you've got some thoughts on that, please email me, au. Rob, good day. Hello. Hello, Rob. Yes, mate. How are you, mate? How are you, Lukey? Um, I'd love like to have a crack at your quickie. Crack away, crack away son. Mate, oh, you wouldn't remember. You got me last time. I was backing on a dock and I tried to hum the bloody thing, but today <laughs> I've remembered it. Go. Dancing in the dark, Bruce Springsteen. Hum it for me. Can't start a fire. Can't, Can't start, start a fire, fire, fire without a
7: heart. He's
10: going to fire. Even if we're just dancing, dancing in
0: the dark. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Guess what? Tell me I got it after that. Guess what? It's not it. No.
11: <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> anyway, just anyway. a short note. Yeah. You might want to do yourself a favor. Yeah, Netflix Doco. Yes. Uh, oh mate, what was it? The uh, the best night in pop or something?
0: The what? It's about the We Are the World uh, collaborative. Oh, I've seen it. I, I saw it before it went on Netflix. Yes, it's about um, the We Are the World song, uh, uh, the Saving Africa song, and um, the Quincy Jones. Conducting, written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, it's a great, great thing to watch. It really is. And Bob Geldof coming in to talk to them before they started recording, it is really, really good. I'm I'm a hundred hundred percent with you, Rob. I'll let you go. See you, buddy. Bye bye. Take care. All right, one triple three five three is the telephone number. This is the night shift around Australia on the Triple M network, folks. Maddie Larson is ready to deliver the news headlines we're all waking up to today. Wednesday, February 14. That's coming up after Billy Joel and Triple M. Let us have a look now at the news stories we're waking up to today. Valentine's Day, Wednesday, February 14. Maddie Larson joins us us now. now. Good morning.
5: Good morning, morning, Luke. How's
0: it going? 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 Uh, That's not working. I'm going to talk to you through the phone. Maddie, can you hear me now?
5: Yes, going very well. That's a lot better. What happened there? We went to Mars or something. We (laughs) we, We
0: did go to Mars. It's probably got something to do with both... Taylor Swift tickets selling out and Pink playing last night.
5: Yeah, we're going crazy from talking about Taylor Swift every morning. Let's I talk think. about
0: Pink. She played at McDonald's <laughs> Stadium last night. I had a call from a 13 year old mm. um, listening to us through Triple M in Newcastle. And um, she went to Pink. I said, Well, you better get to bed. Uh, she's 13. It's a school day. She said, No, I'm not going to school. I said, Why aren't you going to school today? She said, It's Valentine's Day. I might have a date. I said, How old are you? She said, 13. I'm not kidding.
5: I'm so why kidding. would you not go to school because of Valentine's,
0: Valentine's Day? I don't know. Oh. Anyway, to more important no, stories. Okay. Fire emergencies continue to unfold in Victoria.
5: That's right. Uh, So, yes, the emergencies are still unfolding this morning. Uh, So overnight, uh, five firefighters have been injured in Victoria fighting that Pomonal blaze uh, where it's reported an unspecified number of homes have been lost. Now, uh, there's two emergency warning fires uh, in the state this morning, while others are being urged to evacuate amid a Watch and Act fire in Belfield Settlement. Uh, Now, we've spoken with uh, State Response Controller Gary Cook, and he says the the afternoon storm action that hit Victoria yesterday actually increased fire activity.
4: 114 fires yesterday uh, in the landscape across Victoria. A lot of those caused by the, um, the passage of the storms and uh, started by lightning.
5: Now, Meantime Victoria has experienced its largest outage on record with half a million without power at its peak due to the storm damage from that storm action yesterday. Now, as of this morning, around 470,000 homes remain in the dark and this is after the Luoyang A, uh, the state's largest electricity power station, suffered an outage. Now, it went offline at around 2pm yesterday after extreme weather uh, flattened transmission towers and brought down lines, uh, and it could take weeks before things are fully restored. But a historic power outage that Victoria is dealing with at the same time as devastating bushfires—that's not only injured fireys but also uh, claimed homes.
0: Yeah, it's tragic um, because people are losing food. I've I've had phone calls all morning from people throughout Victoria who are without power and they have no idea when it'll come back on. But anyway, good luck to you. I hope it all sorts itself out soon. King Charles, he's still going to visit Australia despite his cancer diagnosis. Maybe Is that a sign that maybe it's not as aggressive or it's as serious as we think?
5: Potentially. So this is all coming from a palace source. So while uh, his Mm. trip to Australia has not officially been confirmed, a source says that any arrangements made for state visits in the second half of the year is still going ahead as planned. So that means he's still hopeful he can visit Australia, New Zealand and Samoa. Now, Canada has not been as lucky. The King and Queen, they were set to uh, tour Canada in May, uh, including a visit to the Arctic Circle, but that trip will not go ahead. But, yeah, I do think it's it's a promising it's a sign, sign that the sources are saying that, you know, the second half of this year, he's hopeful to, you know, be uh, travelling overseas, uh, touring, uh, you know, multiple countries in the Commonwealth.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a good sign. Bob Catter, he wants to see families taxed less. What's he on about?
5: Yes, yeah, so he's uh, the father to of the see, house. Yes, he's wanting to see uh, income splitting introduced, so families are virtually exempt from paying income tax. So, the federal MP is concerned that without it, Aussies will opt not to have kids and will become a dying race. Now, the average income, uh, he says, uh, being about 100 grand, uh, tax on that is 25 grand. So, each individual in a household without kids is left with 75,000 in disposable income. Now, for a family of five, uh, they might need to uh, have a stay at home parent if they can't afford it. Um, so an average income of a hundred grand is also seventy five thousand after tax. However, it's split five ways. So really, each individual has fifteen grand. Uh, and he says that the stage three tax cut uh, changes give higher disposable incomes to working couples without kids. Take a quick listen. People
2: that love children, that provide a future for Australia instead of a vanishing Australia, they're condemned to fifteen thousand dollars income. Whilst the denks, and a lot of them are just selfish people that don't want to ever have kids, are on
5: $75,000 per person. What's your reaction to that? Uh,
0: but I'm, I'm hopefully talking to Bob Catter on the program mm. tonight. So, um, look, let me have a chat with Bob, as I said, the father of the house, and I'll tell you tomorrow after I hear mm. a bit more. My
5: that. only concern is maybe just ask him for me. But my oh. only concern is mm. when you think about Gen Z and Gen Y people that haven't had kids yet. It's mm. not because they don't want to have kids. Well, Gen Z they're a bit younger, but it's because they can't afford it. And most That's people right. aren't on a hundred grand a year. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah, my only fear is if you uh, take the tax away from the families that may already have a house and they already have kids, yes, they're struggling, then the younger generations coming up, do they foot the bill for the tax or is he hoping that the higher income earning uh, people are taxed more? Because I just think uh, the Australian dream is kind of over. You know, that middle class uh, dream is almost over of having a kid, having kids, owning a home. So that's yeah, all right. I'll ask things. him, Mad, Mad mm-hmm.
0: Maddie Larson, mm-hmm. For you, I will ask him. In fact, I will play. <laughs> I will play that very long question for to to him for you when I talk to him tonight. Are you quickly yes or no? Do you believe in Valentine's Day?
5: Scam. I don't know. I think the cost of living has ruined romance. Oh, magic! So you, depressing today. Mads, you're well, getting, you're getting married
0: soon. You're getting married soon. Look, keep the know, love alive.
5: Just, yeah, just in a cheap way. You know, a picnic, maybe something mm-hmm. free. I reckon. Although food costs money, but you know, you get what I mean.
0: Good luck today, Matt.
2: <laughs>
9: Bye.
5: You too. Thanks, Luke. Bye.
2: Today's Wednesday. Today's
9: Wednesday. Wednesday's a house to beef. Should die
13: soon. Man die is once you die, is everybody
12: happy? You bet your life we are. <coughs>